guys. Welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Pedo. And also... Joe Diamond. Oh my gosh, we have a guest again. I know I said that we weren't really going to have guests, um, but this is a special occasion because, Joe, you've been trying to get on this show for a long time. Yeah, I've been a fan for a while, and we uh, we talked about... Um you know, having me on and then, you know, things got crazy last year and then uh, we we were all lined up and then uh, I know as a mind reader, I should have seen it coming, but I got really sick and so we rescheduled and I'm glad that we're, uh, we're finally here. This is going to be a blast. I'm excited. I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, usually not to say that our other guests aren't great, but this, I think this is a very unique um, topic and, and experience and I'm super stoked. Pat, uh, Pat O, how was your weekend? Uh, it was all right. Um, I don't really have anything um, super cool to report. I kind of stayed in and spent time with my family. Uh, wow, super boring. I, it really was. No, <laughs> I think that the high point was um, my daughter's getting into South Park now. So Friday night, it was just me and the kids. And uh, I showed them the South Park musical, the the feature film that came out in 99 or whatever. Mm. And... Uh, it was good. It was, it still holds up, you know? And, uh, it, I, when I saw it, when it first came out, I saw it at the dollar show. Are you guys old enough to remember the dollar show? Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. We still have that. Yeah. Well, it's not a dollar anymore, but we have like the cheap theater. Oh, Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a uh, growing up, there was a movie theater uh, near my house that had like $1 Wednesdays or something like that. Yeah, I don't. We had Harlem Corners over by me, and uh, that place has been closed for a while. I didn't know if they still do that because now everything just kind of goes to streaming right away. So there's no reason to keep anything in the theater, like a second run theater or anything. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean that was that was a whole experience growing up that I remember uh, seeing. <laughs> it was pr probably the closest to Times Square, like you know, a midnight movie at times square like mm. grindhouse shit that uh that i'll ever experience in my lifetime and uh yeah that was my weekend <laughs> i'm sorry i don't have anything i didn't wow. shit, you know very i expected some grand <laughs> no! story and here you I, are just being a regular I'm, I'm person being a regular person because next weekend will be very extraordinary uh when we take our uh take our tour of frog country when we, when we take our ZD offering to the frog people of Loveland um yeah Pato Pato's uh, gonna gonna be here in Ohio in uh less than a week now and right. we are going to go explore uh Loveland frog country and and hopefully you know catch and, and find one probably not but hopefully right I mean that's the that's the plan I that's mean that's what plan. I'm arming myself for so yeah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> are you really gonna make some big ZD uh no, I'm not. But oh. you know, that's that's. I might buy some and take it. Yeah, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> it would probably would be. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't. You you don't know what it is. So I don't. You know, you got to try some. I guess. Anyway, um, I I didn't. You know, I had an equally boring weekend. I didn't really do anything. Um, we did have the new episode of Monster Radio came out on Sunday. I did listen to it. It was fantastic. Thank you. And we we talked about just like I promised last week. We talked about the Jersey Devil, and mm -hmm. um, you know, which is always a fan favorite. You guys really seem to like that topic. Um, you know, I I don't I can't possibly tell you what the next episode will be about, but hopefully it will be back. Um, you know, next Sunday, and then also, um, this Thursday 
is going to be the winners announced from the Cryptid March Madness over on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And Pato and I both participated in that in the, for the Midwest. We represented the, the Midwest, uh, us along with other great people. And um, so finally, the, the the winner will be announced there. And it's obviously going to be us. So you should <laughs> come see it. That that might I gotta I gotta check, but I think I'll actually be in transit when that when that happens. So I don't know if I'll if I'll be online for that. Wow! Because um, I'll be heading heading out east. We'll we'll mail so. you your trophy then, I guess. You know, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. I didn't ask Joe. How was your weekend? To you. Um, it was good. Uh, I'm actually not too far from the legend of the Beast of Bray Road, Ooh. and uh, there was apparently a new sighting this last week. So I kind of drove up and down it a little bit on, on Saturday, uh, a out of curiosity and B I knew I was coming here, uh, today. So I figured, well, may as well like try to see something. I didn't, uh, you know, it was daylight and everything. Uh, but then in the evening, uh, on Saturday, I actually went to go see my good friend, um, Dan Sperry. So I, we talked a little bit before going, uh, on the air, I'm going to be doing uh, my full mind reading show uh, at a theater in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and uh, it's um, it's coming up uh, two dates, and hopefully there will be more if if those sell well. But uh, my good friend Dan Sperry, if uh, if you ever watch America's Got Talent, he was on there uh, many times. Oh, he toured okay. with the Illusionists. He's kind of like a punk rock, like David Copperfield meets Alice Cooper. Oh, uh, his big famous thing is he swallows a lifesaver and then pulls dental floss through his neck and he pulls and tugs on it. And you can see it under his skin in his neck and then he pulls it through his neck and the lifesaver is uh, on the on the dental floss. It's awesome. Yeah, I've um, seen actually. Yeah, I've seen that. So I, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he, uh, he then on, on uh, America's Got Talent. He threw it on Howie Mandel and instantly went viral. So he's been. He's been touring the world since then, and you know we 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 chat a bit online, and we've run into each other here and there. But like, I haven't gotten to like see his whole show because when he's doing his whole show, it's on Broadway or in Germany or somewhere. So it's a chance to see him and uh, and catch up and and uh, get a lay of the land of the uh, of the show of the theater of the show I'm, uh, that I'm going to be doing my show in. So that was a fun uh, fun way to. To spend uh, spend Saturday. That does sound fun. Yeah. Well, do, when when you hang out with other people that also are are into these things, do you guys just like sit around and like do tricks on each other? And like, I'm sure you practice on each other. Uh, sometimes, yeah. I mean, with with uh, with more traditional magic, that's the case. I do more, you know, mind reading. Right. You know, the industry term is mentalism or psychic uh, entertainment. You know, all that stuff. So the the problem with that type of stuff is that it's not meant to work on people who are in the know right you know, like, like just for example um one of the this, this is actually a pretty good technique to talk about with it giving too much away like if i give a skeptic a deck of cards and ask him to take out a card i know that to mess with me he's going to take out the joker so because okay. they think they're going to be unpredictable by doing that which thus makes them more predictable right well, if someone knows that uh, they're not going to fall for it, so right. they're not going to that bait. So there is some of that uh, with us, but it's mostly. I mean, a lot of it is like you know, you know, ask how because we've known each other since we were teenagers. So it's like, hey, how are your parents? And how's this going? And you know, oh yeah, I'm going to be playing here next week. Oh yeah, I'm going to be there next week. And um, he uh, so 
So he actually, because he's got like all the you know makeup and like swallows razor blades sure. and everything. And uh, he had a woman on stage faint the night before. <laughs> oh, so, uh, good. So I asked him how he handled that. And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, a pause. And she was okay. And we got her some water. And I, I broke character for a moment and then, you know, dove back in and, you know, got, got back on track. So, like, it's more so like that's the type of stuff we talk about. I mean, yes, there's definitely is a time and a place where we just sit down and, you know, just show what we what we just bought or what we're working on and that kind of stuff. That's that's kind of fun. That's that more happens um, in a weird uh, overlap. That kind of happens more at like the conventions, just just like with uh, you know, horror conventions or paranormal conventions, like you know, like you know, again, well, just like now, like you know, you guys always ask about the weekend and talk about the weekend, sure. and- <laughs> the regular people stuff. <laughs> But when you're at like a con, it's like, oh, check out this equipment or, oh, check out this thing I found on, you know, about Dogman or something like, you know, that you're, that's all kind of dialed up to 11. And it's like, you know, it's, it's more like that in those types of situations. Sure. When you're just hanging out after the show or something. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a bit more casual um, as casual as, as it can be for people who make a living in the strange and unusual. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Well, well, I mean, we're, well, we're definitely going to talk about a lot of this, but, but but let's go ahead and. Let's go over some news because we do have some news this week, um, awesome. which I guess, Joe, I probably should have maybe shared with you beforehand, but that's OK. Um, you're okay. Just, uh, well, you're you're supposed to know, but I'll tell you anyway <laughs> uh, for the audience sake, of course. Um, so first and foremost, second week in a row, we have another Nessie sighting um, that happened. Uh-huh. So this is the second Nessie sighting of the year. It happened on April 4th. It was a uh, Mr. Tom Ingram who was taking the spirit of Loch Ness cruise um when they captured an image on sonar which I always think is is um you know if you're gonna see something it's not just a branch floating in the water you know what I mean there's obviously something very large and visible um you know in the water but that's really all the details we have of it we don't know if it was moving if it was stationary nobody ever really said but it is now you know again within a week of each other we now have a a, a second Nessie sighting so the jury's still out um Again, 2022, groundbreaking year. I'm sorry, record-breaking year in Nessie sightings. I'm sorry, 2021 was a record-breaking mm-hmm. year in Nessie sightings. So was 2022 going to be that? I, I don't know. Pat, What you saw the sonar image. What did you think? I didn't care. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, sent me, you sent me like three things to check out, and that was the third one. And I really dug the first two. But uh, my notes for the Loch Ness article that you sent me are literally don't care. Two words. <laughs> um you know it's like i don't i i'm not a uh sonar operator i don't know what that means i don't know if that data is being interpreted correctly you know it's it's uh did you see what what about (laughs) what about the text response i sent you about uh scottish magicians using their magic to cloak uh the loch ness monster i think that's more entertaining to me oh yeah uh tony tony shields uh, oh you, you're familiar with this part look at this me actually engaging yeah. the guest so yeah, yeah. i ex- uh no i no joke um i uh one of his books uh that he wrote for psychic entertainers and mystery performers uh has been like my bible when it comes to uh my career path and such um I, i've never summoned a, a sea serpent uh, although <laughs> there is legend of one being in lake geneva we were talking about sure. that before the show we were talking about lake geneva wisconsin and uh, there are rec- there are uh, legends and sightings of of a sea serpent, but I mean, uh, there's been so much there's been so much activity on that lake in recent years of people swimming and 
right. you know, water skiing and such. I'm not sure if there'd be anything about that. But yeah, if you uh, there's a couple uh, uh, YouTube videos, uh, uh, Pat and Ash, if you want to um, uh, message me afterwards i've got i've got some of them saved but they're on youtube if you look up like tony doc shields uh and there's like video of him yeah he got like his his daughter was the head of a coven of witches and they were all photographed uh, in the nude for uh local newspapers while they were all summoning the beast and everything and yeah so were they trying to summon it or were they trying to cloak it because that's that's what i came across today was that they were actually Um, trying to uh... i'll be honest there's so much there's so much randomness with this guy. Like there are moments where he's summoning it. There's moments where he's just scream screaming and like holding a boulder over his head. And then there's times when he's just like, I will concentrate. And he's just very quiet. He's very inconsistent, uh, I, which is a positive and a negative side of course. Uh, so there may have been times when they were trying to cloak it. There may have been times uh, when they were trying to summon it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there may be there may be times where they were doing one or the other. I'm only familiar with the times that they uh, um, that they summoned it. But I mean, some of the most famous Nessie photos were taken by him. So I can't imagine they only did it once or twice. I can imagine there were times where they've cloaked it and all sorts mm-hmm. of different stuff. I'm going to tell you right now that that Tobias Whalen is listening to the show and he is just shaking his head. Meanwhile, um, Adam from Pine Barrens Institute, he is listening to the show and he's going, it's a ghost. Um, you know, so, <laughs> anyway, they'll both respectively get that. Um, no, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't really have an opinion on the uh, Nessie magic uh, situation. I just know that allegedly there's the sonar image and that and that's what I'm reporting. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, now. Are they sure it's not the prop from that Sherlock Holmes movie? Do you know the story? <laughs> yeah, didn't they dig that? Isn't it? Didn't they pull that out though? It's not still there. Uh, I I don't know, but apparently they were. It, it showed up on like sonar and like yeah, it's the right shape and everything. But it turned out to just be a a prop of a Loch Ness monster that sank while they were filming <laughs> a a Sherlock Holmes movie. Uh, and it's i mean it's it's pretty legit there's also uh like a somewhere in some lake somewhere there's a jason Voorhees that somebody dipped into the lake and so if you and it's all i mean it's really gross there's a uh, so so, speaking of crystal lake uh the place i do a lot of shows at is actually called the dole mansion and that's in crystal lake illinois oh not the the movies but it it is fun (laughs) uh, on like friday the 13th and such you know, I, I didn't want to skip around too much, but uh, we're already there, so I'm just going to pull the trigger on this right now. You have a you have a quote on your website from yes. Ari Lehman. Yes. Do, do, do you want to tease that and, and talk about it when we're done with news? Yeah. Oh, look at you. Oh, this guy's yes. a better podcaster yeah. than I am. But, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like, let me do it. Let me, let me get right, there. All right. Let's listen to, okay, it's coming up after news. I'll tell the story of how I freaked out Jason Voorhees. All right. Okay. okay. And then, and then I want to tell my, I want to tell my story about him as well. Cause anyone, oh, cool. anyone here in Chicago that's done anything filmmaking wise is run into this guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Okay. So cool. Next, next news item. I'll, I'll move on. Um, is this very interesting uh, UFO video that came from Israel? And Pat, I know you saw that. Um, you know, it just shows this weird. Uh, I would say it's a triangle shape. Um, and of course, both the the Nessie sonar image, this this triangle, and the next uh, item of the news are going to be down in the description. So look at them if you want to. Um, but you know, I thought it was very interesting. Now, I don't normally share 
um, these things, uh, you know, there's, there's UFO images and, and videos that happen all of the time. Um, but, you know, I only share ones that I feel like aren't complete bullshit and ones that I feel like are interesting because even I fall victim of, of taking video and pictures of lights in the sky that you can't really see. This one's pretty defined. I mean, it still could be bullshit, um, but it's, it's pretty well defined, but I can't find a lot of information about it, but it's not just a TikTok. Um, so that's, I don't know. Interesting. Pat, what did you think of the video itself? Uh, I didn't like it. Okay. (laughs) Not that I'm, not that I'm like, I don't like UFO videos, but I I was looking at that and it kind of is, it's, it's a weird, irregular shape. It looks like a scribble. Um, and you know, they, uh, when you look at it, it doesn't look like, it, it doesn't look like a craft. It doesn't look like a solid object. It looks like somebody scribbled with a glow pen or something. And, um, I, so, and it's a YouTube video. So of course I read through the comments Right. And uh, it was posted on April 1st. Not that that means that it's fake, but t- so take it with a grain. You should sure. take the stuff with a grain of salt, actually, but it, always, but like anything that's posted on April 1st, obviously. And then the one thing that somebody said, uh, one of the theories that they put forth that kind of seemed believable was that if you look at when you when you look at the light, it almost looks like you're looking at a wildfire from a distance. Yeah. And that, and once I, once they said that, I couldn't unsee that because that is what it looks like. It looks like a line of fire, um, that's then obscured with smoke, but that's what you're looking at. So like, imagine if you were looking at a hillside that that's extending up, um, above you, right? So you're looking at a hill that's much higher up in the air than you are. And part of that hillside was on fire. It would, and it, the smoke was kind of obscuring the hillside, but you could see the flame coming through the smoke. That's what that picture looks like. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Because for that to be some kind of object, like it doesn't have a clearly defined outline. It's just kind of like this glow that's very erratic and like all over the place. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much about that area and their UFO sightings just because I don't typically investigate things that that's, I can't physically go out and investigate. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm slowly working my way outwards from, you know, Ohio. Israel's pretty far away. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. And then on top of that, the person who posted the video, they don't just run a YouTube channel. They also run like a UFO sightings database. Um, which is like a whole website and that's where it was so that's the thing I don't know if it was reported to this website I'm assuming that's how this website works which of course anybody can make and report anything nowadays Um, but I I don't know who this person is I'm I'm not familiar with them I'm not familiar with the work I don't know if they're credible Um, but you know I thought I thought it was interesting I, I thought that it didn't look like a terrible fake and i thought that it didn't look like it could have just been an airplane um but if it's fake at all it's 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 not practical effects it would be have to be some type of cgi so i don't know you guys check it out let us know what you think um you know for sure because it's uh an interesting one and then this last one um is actually an old report that's just now being reported um it's actually a sighting of a river troll from 2005 yeah, that one's all over TikTok. I want to say a uh, friend of the show, Jeremiah Byron, has posted that one before. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I was familiar with that picture when once I saw it. I'd seen it before. Uh, you know, I 
it's not uh, so some guy living on a houseboat or something in in mississippi um had this encounter where he said that he saw this thing like drink out of the river and then he pulled his um 2005 cell phone out and took a picture of it in the picture that we got um it is it's not it just looks to me the picture if i saw that someone sent that to me i'd be like that's pareidolia you didn't see anything um you just think he saw something but you know it's it's the report that he claims that he physically saw it move with his own two eyes um what's pareidolia pareidolia is where you see like it's mostly faces like when you see faces in like wood grain oh yeah like you know it's like elvis is in a potato chip right like you see things that really aren't there but it's it's just because your brain is trying to connect something so people get that a lot that's where we get these pictures of just fucking trees and there's nothing there by the millions and uh <laughs> you know people are like oh it's a dog man in the woods it's not it's just a tree trunk i promise um you know so that's and and i feel like this is a case of that um because yeah i could see it and see that it's a weird scary troll face but at the same time there's nothing defining about it that makes it look like it's actually there it just looks like foliage to me and so and maybe that's just because i'm too close to look at it you know i'm too close in the community to look at it and then i also don't really know about lon strickler who where this was the first time i had seen this report was in on lon strickler's um phantoms and monsters website so haven't quite made up my mind about that guy um so i don't know but that's really it i mean all visual news this week again everything's in the description go check it out let us know what you guys think um yeah pretty much oh i don't know pat did you have anything else to say about the river troll guy i dug it because i had like i said i i was familiar with that picture so i i kind of um now what you're saying where it's like a trick of the eyes where it's just kind of foliage and and stuff kind of arranged in a certain way to kind of look like a look like a face i hadn't that really never occurred to me before um i looked at it as like okay either this is a creature in the water or this is some dude in a mask in the water and i couldn't imagine a human being (laughs) submerged submerging themselves that much in that swamp just to take that picture so i was like well no rational human being would stage this so it must be it must be true um and when i read the account on uh on the website it seemed realistic like it, it was if some people don't know how to lie and I think when th- those are the ones that reveal themselves fairly quickly to be like, this is a bullshit story. Right. Right. A- and then you hear some stories and you're like, well, either this person is an exceptional storyteller and they really know the nuance of crafting a good story or they're telling the truth. And the account that I read on the website made me think that either this person is an exceptionally gifted storyteller uh, or or it's true so i don't know um you know I, I i can't really weigh in much more than that but i think it's definitely worth checking out and i think that's why it's you know it's a very popular picture and like i said i know i've seen it on tiktok before so well it's making the rounds we'll see it's just interesting why is this guy held on to it i mean it, it is the end part of his encounter where he's like yeah this was back in 2005 and everybody i showed the picture to is like yep that sure is something you know he just kind of talk seems to talk about it so casually like it is a, a piece of kind of just who he is now and he just kind of randomly he's just like well this is a thing that happened happened once you know <laughs> so i don't know you know i i 
it could be a, a river monster it could be a or something a little people is kind of like <laughs> that sounds terrible a little people but like you know like a puck wedgie or like duende or it's kind of what it sounded like to me but like when you look at the picture it kind of looks like the predator and not like the sexual predator, but like, you know, the animal or the creature, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just looks like a, you know, like a predator. I it's don't know. Harvey Weinstein? What? It's, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly that's what it like is. That's a river troll. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a very interesting, uh, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's an interesting photo. Like I said, you guys definitely let me know what you think. I couldn't exactly pinpoint to you what exactly it is. I can't tell you if I think it's a trunk or a, or a tree or, you know, but it's it's something but it's not enough to go yeah that's absolutely 100 percent a river troll i can't say that for sure um but yeah so anyway let's talk about uh, about joe diamond huh that guy owes me money <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> so what what is this so what, what what is this story that that you guys wanted to share mutually about what what happened okay so uh before okay so let's well, hold on. Okay, wait, so, wait a minute. Wait, let's okay. not tell that story yet. Wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> Joe, who the hell are you? Do you want to tell people who the hell you are and what you do? <laughs> uh, I'm Joe Diamond. I'm 34 years old. I'm a Sagittarius. I like long walks on the beach. And I have been obsessed with uh, the paranormal, the strange, mysterious ever since I was a kid. I was a ghostbuster for Halloween. I read books on all sorts of metaphysical topics from UFOs and crop circles to fortune telling uh, magic all that stuff uh i work professionally now as an entertainer full-time uh some call me a mind reader some call me a mentalist some call me a magician uh you know i, I don't really have a title other than joe diamond uh if, sure you know i'm backed into a corner i mean i usually go with mind reader because i that's what i'm most known for uh i'll tell people the names they're thinking of or guess like their pin codes and unlock their phone um, I've, uh, I'm, I'm a world record holder for solving the world's largest corn maze blindfolded. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and I've done shows all over the country. Uh, I did a weekly show in Chicago for a number of years. Uh, currently I do weekly shows at the Dole Mansion in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Used to belong to one of the Ringling Brothers' wives, uh, Eliza Ringling. And... Well, 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 we'll end there in Crystal Lake because I think this is that brings us back to the Jason Voorhees story, and I think sure. it's a good way to kind of sum up what it is that uh, that I do. Sure. So, um, I was out to dinner with a friend of mine after a show one night, and he he goes to a lot of different pop culture conventions and and uh, horror conventions and Wizard World and all that stuff, and. We're sitting there. We have done a show, sold out. It was a great. It was in a theater in Chicago. We're in Wrigleyville, uh, at a late night uh, diner, and we're we're eating and we're ch chatting. All of a sudden, he freaks out and he runs up to this guy, and he looked f vaguely familiar. I couldn't quite put it on, but like you know, my friend Bill knows a lot of people, so it's like okay. So he comes over and he goes, "That's Ari Lehman," and I'm like, "Why do I know that name?" It was late. I had you know, I was frazzled from the show and waiting to eat and everything. He's like, yeah, he was, he's uh, the first Jason Voorhees. He's the kid that jumps out of the lake at the end of the first movie and pulls the girl uh, out of the boat. I was like, you introduced me right now. Oh my God. Absolutely. So my friend Bill brings him over and he's like, hey, Ari, this is my friend Joe Diamond. He's a mind reader. And Ari immediately goes, bullshit, do something. <laughs> so I asked him to think of his, uh, his first crush or first kiss or something like that. And, uh, 
you know, I talk to them, imagine that they're in front of them, go back to the memory, relive it. And I end up nailing the name. I, I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was Danielle or something. I, I, I don't remember. But I nail the name spot on. And he like turns white and just goes, holy crap, dude, you're scary. <laughs> and I go, before you fully come down from this, can I quote you on that? Because that's the coolest <laughs> quote ever. I scared Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, and it's funny because I actually have a friend who's an escape artist in uh, Ireland. And during the lockdown, he was doing uh, virtual shows as well. And he ended up doing something for Ari virtually over Zoom. So he's a, he's a big fan of magic and mind reading and the mystery arts and all that type of stuff. So so that's pretty cool. So yeah, so that's like a... Um, and again, because I do shows in a town called Crystal Lake, it's like I can't not use that. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my one one of my one of my claim to fame moments. The person responsible for, you know, one of the most you know famous scares of all time, the Tom Tom Savini makeup and all that. Like, you know, I, I freaked him out. So I, <laughs> I I I wear that wear that with pride. So uh, so Pat, what's your story about Ari? I got a. Um... I got a message one night on Facebook from a buddy of mine, a fellow filmmaker friend here in Chicago. And he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, you know, I didn't have anything going on. He goes, I, I can't tell you what it is, but I need you to come to like the Filipino cultural center on the North side <laughs> to act in this thing. I can't tell you what it is, but I just, you know, if you're available, I need you to come out. And I was like, okay. So I went to this thing because I had not, like nothing going on. Go down there, and there's a. But I knew it was for a music video, and that was it, right? And um, mm. but no other details. I go down there, and uh, I see like some people I know, and it's like it's a bunch of like metal people like standing around like metalhead looking people. Mm-hmm. And I go in there, and uh, it's for Ari's metal band. Yes, and they needed people to play there was so ari's on stage and he goes to the, he's singing to the audience the audience is supposed to be all big fucking because i'm six four all big motherfuckers in jason masks so nice. um i i had to wear a jason mask and like be like moshing in this fucking metal crowd while uh ari's band plays uh jason i forgot what the name of the song was but it's like, i mean his band's was... called first jason and almost i think all of their songs yes. are jason kills for mother was like the chorus jason kills for mother and um we all got we had to do two takes or we did multiple takes but like we had to wear two masks because the first mask that we wore they all collected and we're gonna sell to somebody who sells like all his memorabilia so this was a signed hockey mask that was used in the music video yada 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 and then the second mask we got to keep and cool. it, was, it was signed by him. Yeah. And uh, it was an all right afternoon. Like I've gotten like oh. sh- Shanghai into my friend's stupid fucking movie projects before. And usually <laughs> you just go because they do the same thing for you. So yeah. um, this was actually one of the better ones. And I, and I met this guy and I was like, you know, Oh, he was the first, but I'm like, wait a minute. Like you mean from the first Friday, the 13th movie? Like, yeah. And I'm like, so he was in it like fucking three seconds at the end, <laughs> like not, not not taking anything away from him, but like sure. it's not Kane I mean, Hodder, right? It's not like 
yeah it's, it's yeah you, so i mean yeah when you look at it from the, that standpoint sure there are there is a lot of um footage of like him drowning as well that like when she's when the mom is having like her full like back you know flashback right. and all that and him, him is the kid yeah. yeah yeah but like the fact that tom zavini did that makeup and that scare came out of nowhere and that like people forget like jason is dead in in that first movie people the, the the original screenwriter even said let me be very clear at the end of my movie jason Voorhees is dead like yeah. he he is dead and it was just meant to be a little you know button you know scare at the end to just get one final I, I mean, they weren't making high art. The, the pitch for Friday the 13th was, hey, this Halloween movie is doing really good. Let's rip it off. Sure. <laughs> like that, that was shamelessly the, the pitch for it. Um, but yeah, but between the fact that it's the first time that character is ever on screen, it's a twist in that movie. It's Tom Savini makeup. For me, it, it, it balances out for the, it, you know, quality versus quantity. I think that that balances out for me. For yeah. Sure. But no, he was and he was very, very nice. I'll say that too. Oh, like I spent all day working with him yeah. and could not be more personable and yeah. was 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 super cool. Yeah, but yeah, he uh he it's got, funny now he, that like it's one of those things where now that you now that I'm aware of him, because he lives in Chicago, um, and now that I'm aware of him, it's interesting how much he pops up and I see him like do and I know he's been around doing shit for years. But it was like one of those things where it just never I was I I didn't pay attention or I didn't know. And now it's like, man, that guy's all over the place. And when he popped up on your website, I'm like, Jesus Christ, fucking Ari strikes again. Yeah, but. I've got a quote from Jesus Christ as well as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, also super. Yeah. Like you said, super nice. He uh, he had these uh, hockey mask uh, necklaces. And my my one of my best friends, Hillary, is a huge Jason Voorhees fan. So he was cool enough um, to, you know, I tried to buy it from him. He said, no, take it. That was, that was awesome. Uh, and I was like, can I bug you for a uh, hi to my friend uh, Hillary video? He's like, yeah, sure. So it was basically like a cameo video that he did for her. And she, she flipped out. She, and she still wears that little hockey mask awesome. to this day. So, uh, so yeah, so that was, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't have asked for more. Uh, super nice guy, like you said. And, and again, it's, it's funny because like these weird, little side things that you know just you know i when i woke up that morning i didn't think like you know i'd have a new quote for my website like i didn't think <laughs> i was gonna meet him i didn't think any of that it's just like it right. happened sure uh, which is the the best moments in life okay so when you you know w w so when you get into this uh career wise i mean how did you kind of stumble upon the fact that you even could do this as a because i know when i started as a as a 40 investigator i didn't realize how easy it was for me to just do it you know you always kind of think as oh, a sure. kid you're like oh there's all this that i need to do and this and that and the other how did you find out that you could do it uh well my my great grandmother taught me how to read playing cards while she was alive uh i i did we talked beforehand i did a lot of improv and acting uh in throughout high school my first real like professional job is i was hired like in the early 2000s you know david blaine street magic was like the new popular thing so six flags great america theme park uh outside of chicago uh hired me to do street magic and by the end of that first summer i was only doing mind reading i had I, there i would go out and do palm reading i learned a lot i learned uh, how to hammer a nail in my nose and stick my hand in an animal trap like some sideshow stunts but people really responded to the mind reading and because i was out there 
seven hours a day, three to four days a week, you know, by the end of that first summer and definitely by the end of that second summer, I had hit what Malcolm Gladwell uh, said is your 10,000 hours, your flight time. Sure. So, you know, by the time I was out of, by the time I was out of high school, but like, again, by the time I was out of high school, you know, and no one, no one wants to, you know, hire any kind of entertainer that's only 19, sure. they just don't have the experience, no matter yeah. how good they are. So I did, uh, I did a lot of stuff around that time. I was still doing the occasional, like, you know, magic show for kids and again, improv and such. And I would do like corporate shows and, you know, I, and I didn't even know how to sell it. You know, I was like, I would sell it as magic shows, but then go in and half the show would just be mind reading. And I did less and less, you know, magic tricks and more and more mind reading in the shows. And to the point where it became the main thing I was known for. And, and the big turning point was uh, 2010 when I uh, solved uh, the world's largest corn maze blindfolded. Right. 11.1 miles of trail spanned over 38.8 acres and my time to get through it was two hours and 50 minutes which is act technically i have the record for just getting through it no one else as i as far as i know of has tried it blindfolded but okay. the average time the the, the the average time to get through it uh unblindfolded sighted is about four and a half hours so i technically have the record for just getting through it period whether i was okay. blindfolded or not uh, were you the first person to try that or have other people tried yeah. that as far as I know, no one else has tried tried it uh, blindfolded. Um, okay. But again, te technically the record is I just got through it faster than anybody else. It didn't really matter if I was blindfolded because, again, everyone else took uh, – and they change the maze up every year too. Sometimes it's long. So, like, if, if it was a bigger and longer maze, if someone did try to do it, they'd probably have to adjust the time and everything. Right. Um, I'm not quite sure how, how all that works. That would probably be, you know, for the – you know, record setter company and the uh, uh, farm to figure out because they 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 are the same ones that check to make sure like yes this is the world's largest corn maze. Uh, they measure you know how many acres, the the actual mileage of trail and all that. So, um, so yeah. So as far as I know, no one else has even attempted. Uh, been dumb enough to uh, wander into that thing blindfolded. I did have a reporter uh, uh, holding my wrist. And she had like a little check mark. Uh, they give you a map with like little punches at the bottom from one to through 24. And there are 24 check marks uh, or checkpoints throughout the maze. And when you get there, you have to use that specially shaped uh, hole punch to punch the number at the bottom of your, you know, uh, of your punch card. And that's how you verify that you've, you've gotten through it. So, uh, so yeah, we had that. We had some people ph photographing and filming as well. So I wasn't just wandering through by myself either. Because um, some people are like, how do you, how do we know you didn't just take it off when you went in? I was like, because there was a camera on me the whole time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was like the first big thing that really got me known in the Chicagoland area. Uh, that same week, I was on uh, a couple radio shows, the local news, and that kind of was like my first for lack of a better term, big break in, in 2010. And I was able to do, uh, I, through that, I got a weekly show in Chicago and did that for a number of years. And uh, again, just, just have worked as a, as a blue collar, you know, entertainer. I've done high schools, colleges, corporate events. I fly out for shows. Um, I've taught some stuff on YouTube. I've, I've, you know, been able to do a lot. I, I also hosted a radio show for a number of years called Unreal Radio, where I got to talk to uh, basically whoever I wanted. It was, I could talk, like one week I'd talk to a sword swallower, one week I'd talk to a psychic. 
I actually, when I got the gig, I just looked at my bookshelf and was like, all right, who do I want to talk to? And so I messaged people like, you know, Varla Ventura and Richard Webster, you know, these great paranormal and metaphysical authors. And now I'm friends with them uh, because I just messaged them and were like, hey, want to talk for two hours on my radio show? And they said yes. Uh, and so that was really fun that, that I didn't make a ton of money out of, but like I've made friends and connections out of that, that, uh, which supposedly are more important. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I've exactly. never paid my rent with it, but like, you know, I'm just kidding. Sure. I'm I mean, there's the community's my favorite part. <laughs> another example is like, so the, the mansion that I do my shows in, um, so it's, it's a big old mansion, but it's an arts park. There's painters and musicians. Uh, there's a couple psychic mediums there. There's, uh, massage therapist uh, my friend lauren who's uh who's a psychic medium she's been there for a while she's great i love her she's easily the uh one of the best uh, mediums and psychics i've ever met in my entire life and the building itself does other events and one of those events is as lame as it is a farmer's market every sunday but it's in the building i do shows so <laughs> i've never been paid to show up there but I show up there and tell people about the show and like, you know, we'll do stuff for people. Yeah. Uh, like they're in the building, like, you know, as far as I, yeah, I've never been paid to do that, but like I've made those connections there. Uh, so much of, you know, this, this line of work is, is just showing up. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, doing the, doing the radio show on, on Sun- that was the other thing I was doing the radio show live on Sunday nights while game of Thrones was on. <laughs> Like, oh. like I, I didn't have any listeners. You had a bad time slot, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, but and again, it was a, it was a blast. And again, I got to meet people who, and it was weird too because I would like, just for example, Farla Ventura, who's awesome. She wrote the Book of the Bazaar, um, Werewolves, Banshees, and Other Creatures of the Night. Uh, her latest book, Paranormal Parlor. Uh, I contributed a ghost story uh, from my life to. And like, I used her books as reference books for years and years and years. And like, we talked on the radio and like instantly became friends. And we've like hung out in person when I've been in town, I was in town doing a show uh, uh, in the city she lives um, up in Minnesota. And she came to see it, we hung out. It was one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh, we've, we've only met in person once, but like, you know, and she was just a name on my bookshelf that we, you know, it makes sense that, you know, we'd hit it off and be friends, but sure. at the same time, it's cool that that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, I can relate to that for sure. And, 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 and you know, you're right. Most of it is just showing up, you know, as long as, yeah. <laughs> as, long as you're there willing, willing to, to network with people. Um, you know, that is a big part. And, you know, honestly, if you didn't love what you did anyway, you wouldn't do it anymore. And, and if you love people, exactly. You know, and that's your driving force, and that 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 really is more valuable than than any any paycheck. It'd be nice to get a good paycheck for it, but you know. <laughs> well, well, and like, well, here's here's the thing too, though. Like, uh, and this is you know not to get too far off of the sure. the, the spooky topics and, and become a, a motivational and business podcast for a moment, but uh, but something that I think uh, you know, a lot of you know freelancers and people you know who are in similar lines of work as us. Um, something to keep in mind that's been really uh, invaluable for me uh, is the phrase, uh, don't work for free, work for a fee. And fee stands for fair energy exchange. It doesn't always have to be money. Again, the fact that I had a radio show, not a podcast, but an actual radio show that was on a radio network, 
again, messaging these people, asking them for talk to talk for two hours on my podcast out of my parents' basement, probably wouldn't have had the same allure as saying I have this radio show. Yeah. Um, I've done shows. Uh, there, there was a, a, jewel, a jewelry store that I did a lot of events for, and we traded for, you know, store credit. And I used a lot of that to buy my, uh, my wife's engagement ring and wedding ring uh, and, uh, and gifts over the years. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done shows for local events where they sell an ad in the program for like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, Hey, I'll, I'll do a show if you give me an ad in the program. Yeah. And okay, sure. So you don't have to do it for the big check. I, I, I've done shows. I did shows for a woman who did PR work, who helped me get some some TV and radio stuff back in the day. Uh, you don't always have to do it for that big check. You can do it for the thing you would buy with that big check. Right. Uh, you know. So, um, so that's another aspect to keep in mind as well as as well with all of this too. It's kind. Of, I mean, it's kind of fun, you know, because um, I mean, I don't know. Those seem kind of more valuable <laughs> sometimes, depending on oh, yeah. what you're trading for, you know. And so, um, I, I I completely understand that. So when you started getting into this, um, did you have a mentor that taught you? I mean, are you completely self-taught and what you? I don't want you. I don't want you to give away your secrets. Oh um, no, no, no. I mean, uh, I. Well, first of all, there there isn't a secret. Um, you can. You can find YouTube videos of me teaching stuff. I mean, it's not, I, I, there's, there's a phrase uh, amongst magicians that, you know, magicians guard an empty safe. And with, again, with, with mind reading, it's not so much, I mean, so much of it just, or like a sideshow too. There's not even a trick to it. Like the secret to sword swallowing is you swallow the sword. Yeah. Now, just because it's not a trick doesn't mean there's not a technique and doesn't mean you shouldn't learn, you right. know person to person, you know, in the safest possible way and so forth. Uh, so I think that's the best way of, of putting it. It's not so much that, you know, I'm, I'm hoarding it because I don't want to, you know, anyone else to know or anything like that. But sometimes they're, this, you know, because I have friends who are sword swallowers, you know, swallow the swords for real and people still come up to them going, oh, do those swords collapse? How does that work? And it's like, no, they, they and he, then they pull their collar over and show the scars from when they had a bad day and uh, shuts up. So, so a lot of it is, is just that, like, you know, yes, it is genuine. I use things in my work like pendulums and spirit bottles where there is no trick. It, what you see is what you get. There are techniques like, you know, readings and, um, you know, contact mind reading, hellstromism, all these genuine uh, psychological and metaphysical techniques that I use in my work. Um, that said, uh, I had a lot of mentors growing up, uh, one of whom um, you you might... Pat, are you from the Midwest area? Yeah, I was born and raised here. Okay, so you'll, you'll know this name then. Uh, Marshall Brodeen. He was Wizzo on the Bozo show way back in the day. <laughs> I know Wizzo. Um, yes. I went, doody, doody, do. This uh, is the second time, by the way, that the, that that any type of of bozo has been brought up on the show and anyway i just wanted to point that out <laughs> fair enough uh but he uh he was on that show for 25 years but he also worked as a hypnotist at like the chicago playboy clubs and all of that and when i i met him when i was very young and he taught me more so the business side like how to get bookings uh he did teach me some hypnosis uh, i don't do a hypnosis show, but I do use a lot of those 
things he taught in my work, how to uh, read people, how to choose spectators, how to phrase things in order to get people to do what you want for the purposes of the show and, and so forth. So that, so he was a huge mentor for me growing up. Uh, another mentor uh, who's passed away is uh, Eugene Berger. He's not a household name amongst uh, the public, but definitely among magicians. He was uh, Magic Magazine did a list of the most influential magicians of the 20th century. You know, people like Houdini and David Copperfield and Eugene Berger was on that list. If you look him up on YouTube, he's he's got a big, long white beard. He looks kind of like an evil Santa Claus. And he, but his background, so he was actually a uh, a religion and philosophy professor and teacher for years. And then one day he woke up at age 39 and said, when am I going to stop following other people's dreams and follow my own? Yeah. And quit his day job and got a job doing uh, magic at a fancy bar in Chicago and never looked back. Uh, he did more traditional like card tricks and such, but he also did stuff like, like he did a card trick with just two cards that the whole premise of it was the Spanish Inquisition. So when he's folding and tearing up the cards, he's talking about folding and tearing up these people in, in, in wow. the torture devices. Uh, he would light a candle and take a spool of thread and break it into pieces and then restore it into one long piece of thread. The whole time talking about Brahma, Vishnu, and, and Shiva and all these ancient gods who uh, create and destroy the universe and then resurrect it. Uh, there's clips of him, tons of clips of him doing all this on YouTube, and it's it's fascinating to to watch him work. He just had uh, the deepest voice and the most intense eye contact. The first time I sat next to him, he didn't have anything on him. He was just like, uh, "Do you have a deck of cards?" And I he borrowed a deck of cards from me and just, you know, like the the magic and the supernatural was afoot. And I was sitting right there with him, and he blew me away. And that I was like. It was that scene in Doctor Strange when the the ancient one just blasts him out the back of his head <laughs> and takes him on this crazy journey and brings him back and he's just like, "Teach me." Yeah. Luckily, he said yes. Uh, unlike the ancient one who told Stephen Strange no of it <laughs> uh, originally, uh, he said yes and he he uh, taught me and he wrote tons of books and he would. Uh, uh, invite me to his apartment and I would show him video of my shows and he would tell me he would work with me on everything from the script or you know oh the the way you give that instruction doesn't make sense say it this way instead all those little things like it's never like very rarely is like the real secret you know like oh my gosh it's this amazing like gizmo or gadget you know that shoots the thing it's hardly ever that sometimes it's just your choice of words sometimes it's just where you have people stand on stage to get the biggest impact. Uh, that Those are, for, for lack of a better term, the real secrets. Uh, through Eugene, I met people like Ross Johnson, who's uh, the uh, most successful psychic entertainer in definitely in, in America, if not the world. He's worked for over 40 years doing corporate events and private events. And he, he told a story of in the early 80s to me where he did a... a private event on an island down in the Bahamas and as he was getting onto a private plane the Beach Boys were getting off the private plane to play that same event that next night <laughs> so, like, <laughs> wow that's neat. so yeah. so yeah so th he's taught me a lot there and uh yeah so there have been there have been mentors I've read a lot growing up um and I have a lot of mentors in and out of the industry you know there's sure. people 
like you know just just for example um like i you know i I take in a lot of horror movies and sci-fi and everything you know because you know that's that that's in line with you know the kind of things that you know people like us are usually into sure yeah but uh um you know like i grew up watching sven gooley and everything and oh, i did meet sven gooley once when i was a teenager too pat um <laughs> another chicago legend uh but like but i love that i love the balance of the ridiculousness of this character who made fun of the movies and the seriousness of that the movies took themselves <laughs> sometimes yeah. so there were a lot of i took a lot of inspiration from that as well to kind of you know give myself permission to to get weirder especially like the way i see it with uh and this is something eugene taught me if i'm going into someone's house i can't like for example bring in like a ouija board that might freak them out too much but if they're coming to see me in this haunted mansion and the ouija board is like on the on the bookshelf off to the side and everyone sees it but they they don't process it or they don't know i don't draw attention to it and then by the end of the show, when I pick it up off the shelf and say, oh, one more thing, you're thinking of a name, right? And I pick that up. Everyone knows, oh, God, the Ouija board's going to spell out that guy's name. But that moment just, you know, brings people together and freaks them out. And hopefully, you know, in a way that, you know, is similar to, you know, a good episode of The Twilight Zone feels like if... the the pitch for my show is, Hey, let's go to a haunted mansion to see a mind reader. And there's only going to be 13 people. If that's not a setup for a twilight zone episode, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's a good point. So, I mean, would you say that this was kind of more, um, uh, this was more appealing to you as a career choice because of being able to, to, to be entertaining or is it because you're able to deliver magic to people or is it both? I think it's both. Well, I mean, the other thing, the other thing I'm leaving out of my life here too is that I, I, I had a very religious and conservative upbringing. Hi, here's my damage. Um, I <laughs> oh, good. We 12, love that here. <laughs> I went to 12 years of Baptist school. Oh wow. Um, spoiler alert: I'm not Baptist. Um, but, uh, yeah, I we went to a, a gathering of other Christian schools, a convention of other Christian schools. And I had my cards taken away because yeah. these these Southern Illinois uh, schools were freaked out. They're like, no, these are gambling, you know, the Joker is the Christian and all this other stuff. So they took the cards away. So I started reading Minds and Bending Silverware like Uri Geller in the cafeteria, and that freaked them out even more. <laughs> and I was like, they, and like, they, they didn't realize like, Oh, the de- Joe, Joe, I was Joey at the time. Joey, the, the devil can use this stuff as an in. Like, I was like, this makes me want to do it more. Like, hello. Have um, you met the devil yet? Uh, I'm six, six, seven neighbor of the beast. Oh, so, yeah. you know, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm <laughs> joking. My good friend, Jay Sankey's. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not i mean I, I make jokes of like you know you know you know the, the one radio show i go on they always call me satan or spawn of satan and you know i've 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 made i've made theatrical allusions to it but i'm not a practicing <laughs> people endearingly call you satan 
Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, yep. Uh, we'll be up next to Spawn of Satan, Joe Diamond, next on the radio. Uh, that's that's been told. I did get uh, uh, an email from someone claiming because there was like uh, my eyes were glowing and like photos after we had like bent silverware over the radio and we made people's like spoons and keys and stuff bend in their homes that were listening. And we took a photo of me with all this stuff and my eyes were glowing in the photo. And I was like, it's just a reflection of the light, you know, but for one person, this was proof that I was possessed by a demon. Uh, and I, the only way I could have, you know, bent everyone's silverware over the radio was with, you know, satanic demonic powers, you know, cause Satan has nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Uh, so yeah, so no. <laughs> do, do you get a lot of that now? I mean, I'm sure you obviously it happens, but but do you get a lot of these people that um, I had someone pray over me less than two weeks ago? Yeah, <laughs> at uh, at one of those farmers markets. Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, I usually you know I I I try to try to navigate those situations. I try to just say, hey, no, I'm not in league with the devil. I actually went to 12 years of Baptist school in this area. You know, like, you know, depending on how I try not to lie about what I truly believe. But at the same time, if I don't have to say I'm agnostic atheist, I'd rather not. Right. I mean, I do believe I do practice, you know, there's some aspects of like, you know, witchcraft I practice or energy work and that kind of stuff. But like, I see that more as just like, again, like a belief system, not how I feel towards a relationship sure. towards like a God or a deity or anything. Um, that's, uh, you know, the jury is still out for me on, on that. I think there's way cooler questions personally. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and, and like, and like the big thing to, uh, again, uh, uh, Eugene Berger uh, always said, you know, I always found religion fascinating, even though I never wanted one for myself. Yeah. Uh, and and he kind of, you know, never said this, but see, realizing that he went to like divinity school and, uh, you know, had had a, you know, you know, had degrees in philosophy and religion and all this stuff. And he left it all behind in order to you know, tell ghost stories and do card tricks and, and talk about, you know, ghosts and all this stuff. And that was kind of like my permission, like, oh yeah, I can leave behind what I've been brought up with and, and forge my own path, uh, from that, uh, from that standpoint. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've had people say they've met the devil, uh, the band, uh, New Year's Day. I, uh, I was hanging out with them years ago and they told me the story of they like, stopped at like a, a rest stop. And there was just a guy there like hitting golf balls into the nothingness away from the uh, highway. And he just asked them how their night was and everything. And it was just like really creepy and odd. And when they got in the car and kept driving, they were like, who else feels like we just met the devil? <laughs> so, how regular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Well, so on the flip side of that with people, you know, that that might be uh, concerned for your soul. Um, you know, what I say about religion is, you know what, we're all going to find out one day anyway, you might as well just enjoy your time here now. Um, but, you know, aside from that, have you had people approach you for um, 
like missing persons cases and you know because i know that like um you know some there's like psychic uh there's like mediums that do true crime sure. at least try to i mean i'm sure you've had people outright ask you oh yeah yeah i was 17 18 the first time a woman called me uh in the middle of the night saying that uh her daughter was missing, had been missing for several days. And if I sensed anything and, you know, I just told her like, ma'am, I I'm an entertainer. I don't have the right. skills or abilities, you know, I'll, I'll keep you in my thoughts and prayers and send you good vibes, but that's the beginning and end of what I, what I can do. Uh, it, it does happen. I mean, I've had people for a while, people sent me their Ouija boards which was kind of cool. I was okay with that. <laughs> That's kind of uh, neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually. So, so real quick, humble brag. So I had a local newspaper covered the story of people sending me Ouija boards and the photo for that got picked up by all these uh, board game uh, blogs and websites. So that thing went super viral to the point where if you go on to Google, type in Ouija board and click on images, I'm usually like the first human face you see. Um, if not, I'm definitely on like that first page, which is weird. It was just for like this weird little side thing, which was weird. Um, so there is that and that, that I don't like, you know, I don't charge people that I'm just like, hey, if Ouija boards freak you out, I'll take it off your hands for free. And then, sure. hey, I get a free Ouija board. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, the The most recent slash worst version of this was um pat you might remember this it was like uh, three-ish years ago now there was a little boy um i'm about to i'm about to really re really make everything a bummer right now there was a little boy uh named aj in the chris lake area who was found missing who, who, who had gone missing and eventually was found not alive and both the parents uh, are currently uh, in jail for sure. his murder as they should be the house has been torn down. It's an empty lot now and everything. So, you know, I, I hate to say like, you know, it, it's a happy ending, but like, you know, it's, 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 it's ended and like, you know, the proper people are behind bars. Okay. And While you... he was missing oh, before they found the body and everyone feared the worst for this kid. Uh, both parents immediately lawyered up. Everyone had a weird vibe about these parents. Like something was off. And I got close to maybe 50 Facebook messages from people asking me if I had a psychic sense of where this kid was. Now, I had the sense that everyone had. That turned out to be right. The parents are guilty as hell. And if you look at the surrounding woods, you'll eventually find some disturbed earth and find him. Sure. And that's exactly what ended up happening, of course, because that's what everyone was thinking. And I finally made a post, you know, publicly just saying, listen, and this was before he was, he was found. I was like, cause I, cause I just wanted to tell people cause everyone was like, well, the other thing too, he, he lived, that house was on Dole Avenue. And again, the mansion I'm in is the Dole mansion. So it's like less than a mile down the road. Okay. Uh, so, so it, it makes, it, it makes sense that people reached out to me for this, but it was like, okay. First of all, I'm I'm in show business. This would be no I, I I saw it as for me, just because this is the line of work that I've chosen, I feel like it would be just as 
in a pro like let's say a tv detective showed up and said well i've played a detective on tv i've played right. sherlock holmes so i can help to me like that's almost the equivalent of it number one number two let's just say for a moment i said hey my psychic let's say i had a much more uh exact psychic feeling i was like i think you need to dig here i think he's here i think he's here if they find the body there is the police force gonna just assume i'm a psychic no they're gonna be like how did you know the body was there well, that's true. now a person of interest you know that and and again like there's there's no there's no part of any of that you know, I I couldn't, and, and they were already getting people calling saying they had seen a little boy and all these false leads. Right. It's like, I'm not going to call them and waste their time with my hunch, uh, which again, the hunch turned out to be right. But again, a lot of people's hunches turned sure. out to be right in that. There's in that really regard. no incentive for you to stick your balls out there because if you're yeah. right, like you said, it, it could create more trouble for you. And then what does it do? Is this your new career? Is, is yeah, exactly. People come to you with true crime stuff, and then you, you try to solve it, and when you're right, awesome. I mean, but when I you're wrong, the then it's like psych a... as much as the next person. You know, I love that show. Sure. I love The Mentalist. I love Sherlock Holmes. Sure. You know, I, I love my, my wife and I love murder mysteries, but like, and her and I have talked about this too, like murder mystery shows, like there has to be a little bit of whimsy. Because, like, you're dealing with, like, people dying every yeah. single week. It's tragic, right? Yeah, yeah and a like, level of detachment, too. If you are if you insert yourself into that story, everything becomes much more real. And, well, well uh, that, and, like, even in those shows, like, there's always a moment. They have to have the moment of, like, well, Father Brown, you're awfully, it's awfully convenient. You're always around when a murder takes place. Like, you know, like, like you have to, like, suspend yourself suspend some disbelief at some point of that because otherwise there's no murder mystery show you know there's right. no stories to to watch and to and to uh try and figure out there, there's no point sure. that's the no fun police sure. and on one level like i kind of felt like i'm glad my promo is working because people think i can't you know think i can do that and could be of help sure. and, and, and and artistically i do often ask you know oh if you know, what would someone with these skills and abilities, what would they want to do with it? Would they want to, uh, just for example, I'm going on a, a local show tomorrow. There's a, a, a local in the McHenry County area. There's a, a, a raffle called the Queen of Hearts raffle that got to like a couple million dollars a few years ago and they're starting it back up. So I'm going to go on and do a, do a bit where I seemingly predict a, a Queen of Hearts game. We're not going to do it for real because again, if the local, you know, magical psychic entertainer wins the queen of hearts raffle no they're gonna say i cheated or i had an unfair advantage that's no true. one's gonna let me keep that money like yeah. are you kidding me that's not gonna happen but you know for a fun you know radio spot we can have some fun with that and play with that and oh man if I, and, and everyone listening can go man if i had that ability i could win this money and i would do this there's a level of wish fulfillment in the work that i do and that's very consciously by design but I mean, also like the uh, the actors from the TV show Sh Supernatural get letters all the time from people who say their house is haunted. Now, that's true. To be fair, maybe many of these women want the hot Stranger Things guys at their house for other reasons. <laughs> um, so th th you know that's fine. Uh, but but you know, like, and they they get messages. I know it's just a TV show, but my house is like this. Like, there's there's always that. 
I kind of see it a little bit like professional wrestling. Okay. Um, like there's, uh, there's definitely things, uh, 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 there's some things in professional wrestling that uh, you watch and you go, okay, this, I don't think that guy really hates that guy, but right. I don't think the human arm bends that way. <laughs> I don't think sure. you can have a blood capsule come out of the middle of the head. These guys probably aren't really fighting over that girl, but so what you're saying is some of this is real. Some of this is bullshit. And I don't know where one ends and one begins. And there's people who watch, you know, wrestling who go, oh, it's all real. There's people who watch it and still love it and go, oh, it's all fake. Uh, and there's some people who I would be willing to bet the majority of people who go, I don't know where one ends and one begins. Sure. And that's similar by, with my shows. Were you contacted by anyone after the uh, Pentagon incident on the radio show there in Wisconsin? Okay, so so we'll okay so let's dive into the pentagon story here because there's there's a semi-recent development with this um so so hold on for 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 those of us that aren't that are midwesterners yeah, but not there what is it okay yes <laughs> okay yeah. so so i'm a regular uh 95 will rock uh which is a radio station on the wisconsin illinois border and i was i've i've been going on that show for over 10 years now um and i've i've clocked in a, and actually it was through being a guest on their morning show that i got my own uh late night talk show on their am sister station uh wlip out of kenosha so i'm on will rock one morning and someone texts in saying oh my gosh joe diamond guessed my pin code at this bar and I remembered like two weeks earlier, I was at a gig, you know, guessing names. And, you know, I had people think of like a random three or four digit number. And a woman was like, can you do it with my pin code? And I was like, yeah, she thinks of it like one digit at a time. I could probably do that. And uh, I did it and I took her phone and typed in the number after working with her. And sure enough, the phone unlocked. So I'd only done it once before. But I was like, and they were like, oh my gosh, can you do it with Emily's phone on the air here? I was like, sure. So I did it and I unlocked it. And like for two years, I had people walking up to me going, oh, you're the guy that unlocks iPhones. And they hand me their phone and I would do it. I don't do it anymore because post pandemic, I don't want to touch people's gross, yes. grimy phones. <laughs> I just don't want to. I'm not a germaphobe, but like, eh, no, I'm not unlocking any phones right now. We learned a lot uh, from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I've, I, I, I don't love doing it. And the other thing too, that's hard with it. Cause I would do it in some shows. Like, let's say the number was, you know, let's say someone was thinking of a time and the time was eight thirty seven. If I got eight thirty five, or eight thirty eight, or seven thirty eight, you know, the, the same digits, but reverse or something, you'd be like, he got it. That's close enough. With an i with an iPhone code or a smartphone code, when you type the number in, that phone opens or it doesn't. Yeah. So it's horseshoes and hand grenades. Right. Um, even if I'm close, all the tension is built up, and if that phone doesn't open, it's like ah. Oh. But and now you've got the person going, "Oh, you were close. You were only off on one digit, or you got the digits right, but these two are in the wrong order." So it's it's a more stressful thing to do, also. Um, but I did it a fair amount. Flash forward to the next time I'm on that radio show, they replay the clip and they get a phone call and it's from, uh, they see on the phone call on the, on the area code. So it's a, it says Washington DC. 
and they pick it up. I don't remember the woman's name, and I would probably change it uh, if I did anyway, but uh, we'll just say her name was Susan. And she answers, you know, Will Rock, you're on the air. Hi, this is Susan. I'm calling from the Pentagon. One other level of uh, context on this. This was when uh, the uh, the FBI and Apple computers were in the news almost every day about whether or not Apple should help unlock a terrorist cell's iPhone. Uh, okay. That was, that was good. This is while that story is going on. It was like on the news ad before we came back from break or the news read before we came back from break. And so I immediately am like, uh, start backpedaling, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just, you know, don't get in trouble. And I was like, well, you know, I can't, you know, I need to, the person who knows the code, she, cause she says, uh, I want to talk to the mind reader. Do you have to be in the same room with someone to guess their pin code? And I was like, mm, I mean, I don't have to be, but you know, it's, you know, let, let's try, some, let's, let's try something a, a little, little harder. And I, I was like, just think of a card. And I went through a deck took a card out, put a face down on the table. And uh, I was like, Susan, would you say you're in the most secure building on the planet? And she said, oh, yes, definitely. I said, are you, uh, but here's the thing. You're thinking of a card that's only in your mind, which is the most secure place on the planet, right? the universe. I've got one card on the table. I can't change my mind. You can tell us what's your card. She says, two of diamonds. The host turned over the card and it was the two of diamonds. And they immediately freak out and start saying, oh, my God, Joe Diamond hacked the Pentagon. Joe Diamond hacked the Pentagon. Oh <laughs> and I'm just thinking there's going to be white vans and men in black waiting for me uh, uh, when uh, when I leave here. Um, I, but then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I do my own radio show here. And I, I come in on, on Sunday nights and I know how to pull the audio uh because I do it for my own show. So I can, you know, pull the archives up right. and I, I pull out the last two hours for my show. I'm like, oh my God, on Sunday, I can do, um, uh, I, I can come in, pull that audio clip and I've got that. I've got that forever now, right? It's, you know, I've got it saved. Like I got them. I've got, I've got evidence of this happening. You know, me hacking the Pentagon on live radio. Well, I come back on Sunday and I go into the archives, and that hour from the broadcast was missing from the archives. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and now I still have thousands of witnesses who heard it live, right? But the video feed was not on, and there are there's no record of this. Wow. Now make of this what you will and this is like the new thing uh that that I that I tease that I haven't talked about yet because you know I make the joke about the white vans coming for me and someone said you know I told someone this story recently and they were like well did they I was like did who like did the white vans come for you after it's like what was it like when you left and I was like oh it was fine they're like you just went to your car I was like yeah and I'll be fully honest I'm not a paranoid person but I don't remember leaving the radio station that day. Huh. Okay. There's a lot of days I remember, you know, going out to the car, checking my phone, messaging people. Because normally I get like a ton of people going, oh my God, I heard you on the air. Or, sure. oh my gosh, just bought tickets, you know, all that stuff. So like, you know, this was a big day for me. 
And I don't remember leaving that day. I remember leaving other days. I don't remember leaving every day, of course, because, again, I've done hundreds of appearances on, right. on this 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 radio show in particular. But you, I would think I would remember leaving the studio that day, but I don't. I honestly don't. So make of all this what you will. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Wait, do, how um, how much missing time do you think there there might have been after you left that day? I had I I had a show that night. I know that much. Um, okay, but so you, maybe, you do maybe remember a couple that. hours. Okay, tops. Maybe maybe sure. just the drive home. Okay. So I don't know. Interesting. That is very interesting, Pat. Do you have any anything any words on that? No, I mean, if I guess the the answer to the question was no. <laughs> yeah, did you hack the Pentagon? You never. You never. No, 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 no. My my question was whether or not he had he had been contacted. Oh well, form, sure. And and the answer is no. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I also infamously have a terrible memory, you know. So so full disclosure <laughs> on all of this. <laughs> sure. But if you truly asked me what happened at when I left the studio that day, I I honestly could not tell you. So earlier you were talking about, um, I mean, way, way, way earlier, you were talking about uh, like networking and, and radio and stuff. And I did want to ask you about your Coast to Coast AM appearance because mm -hmm. I am a huge Coast to Coast AM fan. And I'm just wondering what that was like. Like, was it just any other, oh. you're calling in to do a radio interview? Was it? Yeah. Oh, so or was Coast it... to Coast was a trip. So I, by the way, I, I love, I love Coast to Coast. You can still listen to my episode in their podcast feed. If you go to my website, just go to the homepage, joediamondlife.com. I've got the link to the uh, iTunes uh, or the podcast link uh, right there on my website. It's it's out there. Now, it's a 20-minute segment. I only did – I did do like an hour, hour and a half, and it's in their archives. You can you can look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm a Coast to Coast um, AM uh, insider. It's up there, oh, the yeah, two yeah, hours it's, that it's you there. did. So, yeah. so – I'm going to talk a little bit, uh, a little bit behind the scenes on this. I, I don't think, um, going back to wrestling, I don't think I'm breaking kayfabe on any of this. So, sure. um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, this is, this is all fine. I wasn't told yes. to keep, keep any of this a secret, but it, it, it is a funny story of how, how I got booked. So my good friend, I mentioned her earlier, earlier, Varla Ventura, um, she's she's a sweetheart she's like my metaphysical sister from another mister like we're we're butts and she when i was doing virtual shows uh, when i started doing virtual shows she she pitched me to a couple different uh radio shows and podcasts uh and without me asking and one of them was coast to coast and i got an an email from the uh from the woman who books it um, I don't know if she still books it, um, but, uh, but, you know, from last year, 2021 and, you know, Hey, give me, it says, Hey, give me a call. So I call her up and I, I, I'm, we're chatting and she's like, so, so what is it that you do? And, and I knew that infamously the amazing Kreskin, uh, a mentalist, uh, and hypnotist, uh, was a regular on the show. That's, that's how I first heard about coast to coast, uh, when I was younger, cause I was a big fan of the amazing Kreskin. And I told her about that. And she's like, yeah, Kreskin ended up getting kicked off the show. Um, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure what the exact, all the details and politics of this were. But um, basically he did like a big challenge where he was going to, people were going to see UFOs outside of Vegas the night before he like played a casino there. 
and like it was going to be through suggestion only and everything and but part of the challenge was he was going to pay this money if they didn't these lights didn't appear and apparently they did appear but they weren't caught on camera and there was there was some controversy as to whether or not he should pay this you know this challenge that he he said I'll pay like $10,000 or whatever and this is back when it was Art Bell back in the day so uh, she asked me about it and she was like, yeah, I had a big crush on, on Kreskin way back in the day. And part of me thought, really? And that part of me is like, no, this is the woman who books coast to coast. Of course, this all tracks. Uh, and so she um, she's, you know, she asks me about it. I tell her about it. You know, I remember listening to this one thing and uh, we talk about Kreskin getting uh, booted off. And basically, since he wouldn't pay the uh, challenge or admit defeat, um, the old host art bell was like all right well then you're banned from the show and hung up on him and she told me that she told me the intricacies of that and there was i was like oh okay i didn't you know yeah that's about what i remember and there's a long pause and she goes so what do you think what do i think of what she's like do you think art was uh did the right thing to ban kreskin and i paused for a moment and i said i think it was uh art's job to ban kreskin and I think it was Kreskin's job to get banned. And she laughed and went, perfect. So we had someone back out for tomorrow night. Can we call you at 1 a.m. Central Time? <laughs> and I'll be like, up. <laughs> to, to me, it was like, okay, she knows I get it. Like, she, she's like, okay, this guy gets it. Like, okay, good. Um, he, you know, because, uh, you know, without, and I won't go into names on this, but Varla did tell me that she's recommended some people for the show, and they didn't get past that initial phone interview uh, for, for whatever reason. Maybe they weren't as interesting on the phone. Maybe, you know, they, they didn't play along. Maybe, you know, I mean, the, to, and again, without getting too much, into like the whole professional wrestling thing. But I mean, with all podcasts, with all interviews, there's a level of, of trust and, and rapport. And, you know, when sure. you're going to deal with this type of stuff, you want to make sure that, uh, um, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get along and all that. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, the, the full thing is up there. If, if people want to listen to the whole thing, if they just want to listen to 20 minute, the 20 minute clip, uh, uh, that's there as well. But yeah, it was like one of those, like, weird like unspoken career goals because like i i did weird radio recordings when i was a kid so uh um orson wells is from kenosha wisconsin and he grew up in was in woodstock which is where i was born um so uh so i grew up you know he was one of my heroes in that infamous uh, war of the worlds broadcast i you know listen listen to a cassette version of it when i was a kid and I did my own like weird, like, you know, radio broadcasts that I recorded on the tapes and everything. I actually did record one and play it for one of my mom's uh, daycare kids as if it was a radio broadcast. And the little girl cried because she thought aliens were taking over uh, the town up the street. Oh, no. So I, did, so I did pull it off for one person. <laughs> she was four, but. Um... Hey, that's what you get for not realizing you're not in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, so like, as a result, like I've been able to do all, like, I, I, I wasn't supposed to watch horror movies, but I, I still remember the first time I watched movies like Psycho and, you know, again, that first Friday the 13th movie, sure. um, you know, and I, I didn't know anything about 
Jason at the time, I was kind of out of the loop. So that's that surprise at the end of the first Friday the 13th movie was a big surprise for me. Um, so it's just funny that like all these things as an adult, you know, actually being on coast to coast, actually meeting, you know, Ari and all that have come true in their own weird roundabout ways, which is kind of awesome, but also like mind numbing to think about like how like what are the odds that the stuff I pretended to do as a kid uh, has become like career highlights for me. And I think that's no, I mean, I, you know, I always find it endlessly fascinating how much layover there is, you know, with like my community and your community and the horror yeah. community and oh, absolutely. even wrestling, absolutely. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah you there, know. There, is, there is a fun, uh, I've actually been thinking a lot about like the the parallels between um, like horror movies and just for uh, just like performance magic because right. not 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 ritual magic, not magic with a K. I'm talking about like, you know, David Blaine style street magic, you know, oh, sure. my God, that's amazing. You know, stuff that stuff that looks like a miracle in real life in front of you and there's there's a lot of parallels. I mean, Tom Savini's book is called Grand Illusions, and he yeah. says he's thought about uh, his special effects, uh, you know, stunts and 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 shots as magic tricks. Uh, one of them is in Friday the Thirteenth, the first one. Um, when they said they wanted a girl to get an axe in the face, he was like, "Well, there's two ways to do it: one with a fake head and a real axe, or a fake axe and a real head." And the filmmakers decide on both. So there's a moment where there's a real axe that comes up and hits the lights. There's a shot of that. So you get the sense that the axe is real. Then there's the shot from behind of the real axe going into the fake head. And there's the shot from the front of the fake axe in the actress's real head. And all three of them together make you feel like you've seen that axe go into that person's face, even though that shot is not in the movie. It is purely in your mind. Um, it's also, they're also horror movies or horror in general and magic are, are art forms that are going for a very specific emotional reaction. You can see a magic show. And if you don't believe if at some point, the hairs on the back of your neck don't stand up and you go and your brain does like a free fall of impossibility you may have laughed. You may thought have thought that the magician was nice, but you haven't had that experience that's at the heart of that uh, art form. At the same yeah. time, if you if you walk to your car after a horror movie and you don't like look over your shoulder in the dark or you know turn on the lights before you go into a room for a couple hours after that, like it's you know, I don't want to say it's failed. I mean, you may still have enjoyed it. You may have still been entertained, but ultimately each of those art forms are going for something deeper than, than just being entertained. And very often the reason why they each fail is very often for the same things. Oh, it looked super fake or, Oh, I wasn't scared or, Oh, it was really cheesy. The acting was really cheesy. All of that. You don't know if I'm talking about a horror movie or a magic show. That's yeah, true. <laughs> or, yeah. Or a bad horror movie or a bad magic. Like, like, let me, let me be clear about that. Uh, and, and like, yeah. And like, especially for me, like I want people, you know, I, I don't care if people think, you know, what I'm doing is real or a trick as long as they know I've, I've worked hard and it's not easy. 
sure. in the context of the show of especially in those haunted mansion shows you know i really want to achieve that that twilight zone moment of what's going on here what just happened and i'm i'm really trying to go for that in that hour long experience sure and i could do it pretty consistently but i don't know if myself or anybody can do it 100% you know all the time with all people with all groups you know um but that's what i'm aiming for no i i think that um you know it's it's very interesting because you know i'm not an entertainer um you know and, mm -hmm. and so which is weird to say that because like i have this show and obviously i make content and things like that um i am just exactly who i am and people seem to yeah, find you're, that you're, you're creative i mean that's i think that's the overlap <laughs> with our stuff like, right yeah. yes yeah, and like, so, like yeah we we're, we're creatives we create I, I, content we create right you know, and even in easier. what i do I have to I have to have the entertaining aspect of it in order to get people interested in it and yes. so you know and I think that and that's one reason why the show is a comedy show and that's what I, I say it all the time the best way you can connect with another person is, is through laughter and you know yes. if it's not tears it's laughter and so I make this show as much as we have serious discussions about things it's always going to be funny because that's what I think yep. people need you know <laughs> yep. oh yeah absolutely. absolutely you know in order like to to connect so absolutely and again i'm not i'm it's it's very hard to get people to laugh stand-up comedy comedy in general is hard however I'm, I'm gonna make a just do a quick devil's advocate thing here you have an infinite amount of at bats for a laugh if you watch i'm, I'm gonna use a very well actually we'll, we'll use this you can watch any one of the scary movies scary movie one two three superhero movie epic movie any of those things let's be real they're not good movies but if you laugh really hard once in each of those movies or in any of those movies it's succeeded yeah it has uh, it has 90 straight minutes to get you to just laugh it has a lot of chances and you'll remember with, uh, you'll remember the joke that made you laugh yeah yes with with horror and again with uh with astonishment yeah like again there may be several chances in the movie, but like, if if you don't hit that, you can't keep trying to scare people for ninety minutes straight, right? You, you and you can't be scared for ninety minutes straight. That's why there is so much, uh, you know, comedy and in, in both magic and horror because you need that release of tension. You need that that kind of reset. But you can't, you know, you can't go for scares per minute. You can go for jokes per minute, but you can't go for true fear per minute you drive the person insane or true astonishment per minute you drive them insane it's why roller coasters are only 90 seconds you right. know what when you experience astonishment your mind does what your body feels on a roller coaster and there's no two and a half hour roller coasters there's no there's no 90 minute you know roller coasters they're they're at most a couple minutes right um, yeah well that's what so, i was gonna so, say yeah. it's like a roller coaster you have to have those moments of kind of downtime so that way when you do go back up to the top of the hill and go back down it's just as exciting even if the second hill isn't as big as the first um yeah, yeah. well <laughs> and know, like the other thing too the other thing too is like i will argue with with the roller coaster uh, analogy the long wait in line is part of it yeah the, the anticipation the, the expectation when i worked at uh, six flags there was an employee only night and there was a night where we rode the batman roller coaster four times in a row and uh because there was no one in line and it was just us 
and we didn't even get off. They didn't even make us like go back through. Usually if it's like a slow night, they'll still make you go back through or, you know, they'll let you get off on the other side and go to the back of the, you know, three person long line or something um, on those types of nights. But it was like me and a couple friends and we rode it like three or four times in a row. And I'll be honest, like that was a great time with my friends. But I don't remember that. I remember the first time I got on that ride and was right. waiting in line and the, the you know, when we go through the culvert and like the music from the Batman movie plays and we end up in the Batcave and like, you know, we're in, immersed in that world. And then that final release of going through that cold air and the, you know, it was at night and it just hitting, you know, that air hitting me in the face. I remember the first time I got on that Batman ride. I don't remember the time I wrote, you know, I remember the memory of being with my friends and writing it four times in a row. And that was awesome when you were 17 and all that other stuff. Sure. There's still a place for that, but it doesn't have the same level of impact as, uh, as when you actually, when I was actually waiting in line for that first time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with that. Well, what I was going to say was the thing that you and I do have in common, even though we have different common goals. Um, the thing that we do have in common is that, is science because there is a science yes. to what you do and yes. you know i kind of want to talk about that for a minute and kind of because you almost have to be a, a sociologist really because most sure. of what you do doesn't it involve just reading people and i mean like physically reading them oh yeah yeah i mean well and i mean a good to a certain extent like any kind of performer a good comedian can tune into an audience and know okay they're going to appreciate more blue humor or, oh, sure. they laughed at this with this joke. Maybe skip that one. You know, there is an intuition that comes with all forms of performing to a large extent. Sure. Um, so I don't think my line of work is, is, um, is unique in that regard. What is unique, though, is how much science has been looking at theatrical magic and some of these, even some of these... Uh, you know, metaphysical, you know, and, and more esoteric forms of magic and are starting to bring them into the laboratory. Right. Um, a good friend of mine, Dr. Tony Barnhart, uh, does um, experiments. He's, he's an amateur magician. His, his job is he is a, a college professor and he teaches psychology and he does a, a psychology of magic class every semester. And I go in and uh, do mentalism and we talk about some of the techniques of like psychological forcing and uh and that kind of stuff and we, we can we can do some of that in a little bit if you want but um sure but he also does stuff where it's like he'll show people a video of him doing like some sleight of hand with cards and they'll make people watch it through an eye tracker so they can see where people are looking and if they're looking at the left hand while the right hand is doing the thing it's a, the sneaky thing how much you know, and also like what, what changes that does, do they have more success when the hands move at the same time versus them moving independently? And I joked with him, I was like, wow, you're using a $50,000, you know, worth of equipment to make your sleight of hand better. He's like, yeah. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, and he's, he's done um, amazing, amazing work. And he's pointed out stuff to me that is just, just, just blows my funky mind like what this is this is how our brains work right like this is like the reason our brains don't notice 
stuff like this or like the the one thing that like went viral years ago was did you see the gorilla where they're passing the basketball back and forth between each other and a break dancing gorilla goes through the middle of the screen and you don't see the gorilla because your mind is preoccupied watching this uh basketball to the point where people go oh you're playing a different clip that's not the same clip you showed earlier. Right. Um, and they'll have to actually show people video of them watching that clip to prove that the gorilla's in there. I mean, that's amazing that our brains can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. incredible. And I, I'll, I'll argue, you know, there's a a lot of people say like, oh, you know, you got to be gullible to like, to like, you know, magic. It's like, no, that's like saying you have to be gullible in order to enjoy a murder mystery. Like, no, I, I, and I work hard to make my shows interesting to, you know, as many people as possible. Cause I have in the back of my mind, okay, who's the guy who doesn't believe in any of this, who's been dragged here on a date? How can I still make this as amazing and as engaging for him as possible? Someone who doesn't give a crap about the paranormal, someone who doesn't believe in mind reading, you know, what can I do? To not even convince him, just freak him out the most and amaze him and engage him the most. Uh, you know, there's there's so much of of that uh again in this in this line of work. Sure. Well, and you were even kind of talking about how you were in in the very beginning of the show, like doing a a card trick with with a skeptic and how you know that they're going yes. to choose the Joker. And that's because of I'm assuming that's because of mathematical statistic. Right. Yeah, there's statistic stuff. There's um, uh, there's other things too, like um, uh, like just uh, just for example, like uh, this uh, uh, if you ask someone, um, all right, think of uh, think of a two digit number. Make it easy. Uh, make it less than fifty. Don't think of one yet. Uh, make both digits different. So, for example, like twenty two wouldn't work because both digits are two. Uh, but also make both digits odd. Most people will go for 37 or 35. Okay. Um, and you can use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, uh, you know, you can use that in, to your advantage in a number of ways. You can do it with a bunch of people. And so when you get everyone's number, you know, the majority of the audience is going to react. And the people who didn't get it, they're not going to react as strongly because they're not in that, you sure. know, um, uh, you know uh, majority. But also, you know, I could use that in in more subtle ways. I could make it seem like someone else is reading my mind. I could do other things to kind of, you know, push it in that direction uh, as well. Um, There's an old uh, bar gag that where you have a uh, a card that says one, two, three, four, and you ask someone to name a number on it. And most people will pick three. And if they pick three, you turn the card over and it says all sex maniacs will pick three. Um, so there's something fun you can do next time you're hanging out with your friends at a bar. Um, and if they don't, you just go, oh, that's interesting. I was, you know, different people pick different things. You put the card away and it's a non-moment. Uh, so you can use most, most of that type of stuff to your advantage. And again, 25% of the time, just with odds, that will work. But because of placement and, and the way people think, people pick the three closer to 50 to 70% of the time, which again is almost, you know, two to three times more than just what the odds should dictate right right and so i mean you that's part of but that's part of your um i guess your training process to get here is to kind of know those things you know and i think that that's really interesting um because again we i think we relate on that you know when i'm interviewing somebody who's allegedly had an an encounter with something otherworldly 
I have to rely on interrogation tactics to to interview these people. I have to watch them very closely and observe their behaviors. And see, see now that's interesting to me because people just naturally tell me theirs. Well, and people tell me t- people tell me theirs too. <laughs> What's that? People tell me people just tell me theirs too all the time. Sure, sure, but like it's it's I I just realized like yeah, it must be fascinating to try and like to try and get those stories. Like I haven't had a lot of Speaking situations apart. where I've had to like get those stories out of people because people yeah. just come to me and tell me their stories well um it, all the time you don't you have you don't have a reason to try to disprove them either not yeah. that i think that that's something that uh ash is necessarily trying to do but sure, it's just sure so, it, so i'll tell you one of my one of my favorite story paranormal stories that i just didn't have the heart to debunk sure. uh my my friend uh kevin told me the story he is, he is no longer uh, uh physically with us he, he has passed on um, so uh, I have no problem telling him the story cause I'm not gonna, um, he's not gonna call me up and be like, dude, you made me sound like an idiot. Uh, he, uh, when he was alive, he told me the story of when he was a kid, he got a Ouija board and he got so freaked out by it. They took it out back, uh, in his backyard and tried to light it on fire and it wouldn't catch fire. And he poured, uh, uh, uh you know, lighter fluid on it and it wouldn't catch fire. He finally had to break it apart and like peel the layers apart and put the lighter fluid in there to finally get it to burn. And when it burned it, it hissed and it just wouldn't catch fire. It took him forever to get it to catch fire, even with uh, lighter fluid. And I just didn't have the heart to tell him that all Parker Brothers board games are made with flame retardant materials. Uh, it would have same thing would happen with clue board a clue right. board or whatever you know because people you know they don't want to get sued for having you know <laughs> their their board game catch fire sure. while someone's playing by <laughs> candlelight you know so i just didn't have the heart and he t- he got so into the story as he was telling it to me and i know so i know too much about the ouija board so he's telling it to me and i'm just trying to look interested and not laugh and be like uh dude they're made not to catch fire <laughs> And it's right. That's that's the point. Oh, do you, I mean, do you ever have people that tell you their stories and you you can tell? Like, because I've gotten pretty. I'm not gonna say I can tell right away, but I've gotten pretty good at knowing when a story's bullshit, and you just know right away, <laughs> looking at them um, while they're telling it. <laughs> well, again, well, I, I think that's the other thing with with me too. I'm I'm I don't care so much for that. Sure. Uh, the only time I've cared is when I've been writing like a a ghost tour. Like I'll do flashlight tours of the Dole Mansion, and and this is more so to just keep it streamlined. But my rule for telling stories on that tour is they have to come from you know first hand account. I don't want to hear if someone says, "Oh, a friend of mine was in this building and has." I don't want to hear it. Tell them to call me. Sure. I, I want it from the person. Um. I want to hear those stories firsthand. Yeah. Because it happens, you know, there's, there's the telephone uh, phenomena where it becomes different. And just in the act of telling the story, it becomes in some sense, both more true and less true because now you're telling it a story and it has to, you know, have a, you know, a, you know, ebbs and flows and a point, you know, so there's, and, and real life doesn't always work that way. So uh, so there, there's a big part, a uh, portion of that, but for me, nine times out of 10, if I'm not in research mode, I just, I, I think more about how well they're telling the story or how good the story sure. is, sure. you know, like, I don't care, you know, like, I don't care if this actually happened. I, I care, like, is this person like getting into it? Does this person believe it? Are, are they just trying to mess with me? Are they doing it to make themselves feel good? 
Um, you know, I, I'm also processing, you know, why am I being told the story in this moment? Is there something I can learn from? But no, like, am I, can I learn something from it? Is there sure. some metaphysical cosmic reason or are they just uh, lonely and want to be the center of attention for a few moments? And sure. all that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, if you're somebody that's already into it anyway, it's it's fun when people tell you those things. You know, you're always oh sure. sure. You know, the first time I hear a story, um, you know, I'm always very interested. Um, but you know, and and Pat witnessed the event that we went to. People would just come up and be like, "Hey, here's this picture." Well, the one picture somebody showed me had already debunked, and they said that their friend took it. And I'm like, "Oh, well, your friend's a liar." But I don't think your friend actually took it. I didn't say that, you know. But of yeah. course, oh, you know, I get I get sent photos all oh, the time, yeah. and I have to oh, be yeah. like, "Yeah, that's dust." Right. Um, <laughs> that's just the I mean, lens flare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a professional photographer. I have seen some cool <laughs> ones. Every once in a while, when sure. I see one that's like really cool i'm like hey i've never seen anything like this this is great and and more often right. than not that's what people want to hear they um, do yes so even even when it is like dust i'll say you know honestly it looks like dust to me so i might not be the best person to ask you might want to ask you know a more in-depth investigator or something right yeah um, yeah you know because and because maybe i am biased maybe i am just you know you know because i've seen dust photos so many times i'm just willing to go Yep, that's dust. Um, but I mean, I've captured stuff on camera. I've had weird stuff happen. I've had, you know, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. There was one, I won't say who it was, but some, uh, a, a psychic came to one of my shows and gave me their business card. And this business card was, it folded, it had terrible printing. It was like white lettering on like a white background or like a light blue background. And it was a photo that they had captured of Resurrection Mary at the Resurrection Mary Cemetery. And it was very clearly a trash bag snagged on the semi-truck driving by. Like on this crappy photo, you can see it's on the other side of the chain link fence across the street attached to the semi-truck. And it's just like, I, I don't even know where to begin with this with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll hold on to this. And I've mercilessly been making fun of it for years since. And I feel bad. You still have it? Regard, but... Oh, oh, hell yes. Um, <laughs> I think uh, well, well, I also collect business cards and like oh, okay, promos sure. too. And like, it's one of my two examples of just a, a poorly designed business card. Because um, the design <laughs> of the card itself too is is not great and you know he was he was very nice after the show he sent me this long email after the show with no punctuation great um, <laughs> yeah um and I'll, I'll sometimes look at look that up and read it to people um i'll read it when we're not that uh, if you want to hear it i'll look it up and read it to you when we're done recording sure but, uh, <laughs> that's good they were very very sweet uh they were very nice but they also went down the line and there's been a couple people like this at the dole mansion uh, my good friend uh, uh lauren purcell who again is a she is a psychic she works uh it's funny because my show is called mystic and we we didn't know each other her company and her brand is mystic chick and when she signed a lease to do readings out of a studio at the dole mansion it was one of those things the the moment we met we were like oh my gosh it's like a sibling i've, I've never met or like we instantly hit it off we were instantly best friends um it was it was awesome um and she's done some work you know with you know everyone asks because the dole is haunted no one technically died there people died on property and uh th and weird stuff happens there but there's nothing evil there and when someone says to me like 
oh, there's an evil presence here. I had some people who just came into my studio and was like, oh, you have a presence in here right after I had smudged. So a couple things. Number one, um, if there were, um, you think doing weekly 13-person shows in that room for six years, more things outside of my control would happen. They do uh, sometimes. They're more like weird coincidences and stuff, but nothing like the walls have never bled and like sure. Sometimes pictures fall off the wall, but that's because command hooks uh, sometimes are crap. Sure. So like you know, I, it, so there's that. But yeah, it was just clear like they, they these people were used to be able to walk into any place, and their way to be special is to be psychic in that moment. And they can say anything without being challenged. And I just straight up was like really because i just saged and they just immediately backpedaled <laughs> it was like ah oh, okay. okay like i don't know maybe the presence is you my dear no that's a- <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe you're the negative uh, presence i'm catty though that's uh, that's just me oh, no, oh, no. You, can be, you can be catty it's fine um me, me and my again me and my friend lauren are catty about a lot of people there, there's there's some uh there's some psychics in our area and uh she started telling me about uh um uh like uh, plastic shamans basically people who cultural pro- culturally appropriate shamanism you, you, okay. you know who i'm talking about yeah i do yeah you, you, the the the, the mid 50s you know empty nester woman who got her cert- shamanistic certification at a you know a place that was next door to a tony robbins retreat or something you know um it's like mm, yeah <laughs> so yeah so we we go all and you know we go mean girls and go oh yeah they're the plastics uh <laughs> sure other people as plastics (laughs) well i know i love that so i know you mentioned earlier that you're married right yes yes so do you are you like barred from using your techniques on your wife uh out and about she says uh he doesn't you know if people ask her if uh i read her mind she'll sometimes say now if he knows what's good for him that's that's a good point (laughs) Uh, the the, the true answer is like i don't have to we're really good communicators okay Uh, good that's great uh she so uh so, so so her background is the complete opposite she is a history science double major I'm the artsy and she's super logical and I'm the artsy feelings person. Sure. Uh, she works, uh, she actually works, uh, in, uh, uh, Racine, uh, Pat, you were mentioning Racine before, uh, we went on uh, live on the air. She works up there and she works with numbers and money and data and all that stuff, stuff I could never do. Sure. And so like, for example, one of the first things we bonded over was Sherlock Holmes and murder mysteries. And, she likes the more analytical side of it. I like the more emotional storytelling side of it. She'll look at spoilers for movies and TV shows online. I call her a spoiler hoe, and I hate spoilers. I'm like, don't tell me anything. Um, so every once in a while, she'll look stuff up, and she's usually pretty good at not uh, spoiling stuff for other people. Uh, and she's also helped me uh, co-write stuff. Like she, she's unofficially the. Uh, the director for my show Mystic because she helped me with some of the historical research and helped me make some choices artistically in the show, like what what order to put things in and how to tell certain stories and so forth and which mystics to talk about. And she loves seeing it from from that side too. It's a bummer though because whenever she sees my shows, she's never going to be picked for anything. So whenever uh like i took her to see my friend nate staniforth uh who's an amazing amazing magician uh 
he's he's invented stuff for David Blaine and he wrote a New York Times bestseller. And like the f- first time in the show, he's like, I need a participant. My wife's hand shot right up. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, she also went to uh, she went to a Catholic school. So I went to a 12 years of Baptist school. She went to 12 years of Catholic schools. And so we connected uh, with that. And uh, and, yeah, we got married on Friday the 13th. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it turns out um, we got married on Friday the 13th in November of 2020. Uh, turns out if you want to get married on Friday the 13th during a pandemic, the venue gives you a deal. Uh, <laughs> we were married in Lake Geneva, uh, where the old uh, Playboy Club used to be, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just had a small number of people, kept it socially distant. Uh, it was less than, I think, 15 people. And it was great because we both have huge families. And I got to, I didn't have to invite people in my family that I don't good. like. Um, <laughs> That's a good cop out. So you guys are very complimentary then it sounds like yes, to each other. I'm a Sagittarius. Uh, she's a Taurus. So like, yeah, we're, 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 we're well balanced. Uh, we have issues like everyone. Uh, sure. There's tons of things I say that annoy her. Uh, there's tons of things she does that annoys me. Th- that's the thing, though, too. We lived together during the pandemic, and I think that's, like, a good, like, I think two years of the pandemic is the equivalent of, like, what, like, seven, eight years of marriage? Come <laughs> together, because you don't see any other humans but each other and everything. Yeah. So so I, I think it, it evened out, so. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I you know, obviously, um, you know, we, we want you to demonstrate, but, you know, before before we get to that point, Pat, do you do you have any other personal questions or career questions or? No, I think we covered everything. I, I think so. Okay. Well, what what uh, sh- show us what you do? How does this work okay. over? Okay. So, well, I'll give you well, I'll give you actually a choice, and we can do one, the other, or both. Uh, I can do something, uh, you know, just uh, like just for one of you right now, or we can do something uh, that everyone can follow along with, even the people listening to the show. Uh, so we can do one, the other, or both. It's up to you. Um, can we do both? Yeah, let's do both. Okay, well, we'll start okay, with yeah, we'll start with yeah, the personal. Okay, yeah, let's let's do something with you, Ashley. Do, do you have a pen and a paper handy? I don't, but I can I can retrieve yeah, those. Get, items. Uh, get, yeah, get get a pen and paper handy. And while while I'm doing this uh, with uh, with Ash, uh, Pat and everyone else, and I'll have to pause there in case we need to uh, uh, change this or you need to edit this. Uh, Go grab, uh, go grab a deck of cards. It can be tarot cards, Uno cards, uh, playing cards. Everyone, uh, go grab a, a deck of playing cards. They can be tarot cards, Uno cards. Uh, they can even be index cards or business cards. But you will need a, a pen if if they're just blank cards, uh, uh, for reasons that'll be important later. So um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit so that way if you want to cut any of this out later or leave it in so people have a chance to, to do this. Or if you want to add a, a tag at the beginning to say grab 10 cards for at the end of the podcast, you can do that as well. Um, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. I, 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 I do not mind. Sure. Uh, so uh, so uh, Ashley, let me know when you've got your, uh, your pen and paper and then uh, that'll give everyone else time to, to get their cards. Okay. I do have my pen and paper. Okay, perfect. So one of the things, um, oh, and also uh, just in case you need it, um, uh, if you've got a smartphone with a calculator on it nearby, uh, you can keep that handy if you want to, but it's not required for this. Um, one of the things that I'm fascinated with uh, that we did get to talk about tonight is, uh, is par- uh, parallel universes. You know, there's lots of movies and TV shows now that deal with alternate timelines and the multiverse and 
all that stuff. And one of my favorite things to do ever since I was a kid was to think about a world that was exactly like ours, but everything was reverse. Everything was the opposite. Like, for example, right now, we'd still have be having this conversation, but maybe I was in Ohio and uh, Ashley, you were in uh, uh you know, Wisconsin, you know, maybe that was reversed. And in this alternate universe, you know, uh, you, uh, uh, you know, you do the laundry and you gain a sock rather than lose a sock, you know, um, maybe okay. in this alternate universe, everyone was stuck outside for 18 months, uh, in 2020, you know, make, you know, the, the same, but slightly different. And that's what this is about. We're going to actually try to connect you with, uh, a parallel universe version of you. Okay. Uh, and here's how we're going to do that. It's going to be very simple, uh, Ashers. You're just going to uh, write down on that piece of paper a three-digit number. Now, a couple of rules. Don't make them all the same. Don't okay. do, you know, 111 or, you know, 000. That's not a three-digit number. In fact, don't even do any zeros. Make sure it's three unique numbers. Don't even repeat any digits. That way you've got a completely unique three-digit number in front of you. It can be one that means something to you or can be one you just make up. Don't tell me what that three-digit number is, but just let me know when you've written out a three-digit number. Alrighty, I got it. You got it, okay. Now, uh, I don't know what that number is, and I'm not gonna try and guess it, don't worry, uh, but let's just say the number you wrote down was one, two, three, right? Okay. That would mean the alternate version of you would have written down the opposite. They would have written down three, two, one right? Sure. Yes. So do that for me now, whatever that number is, reverse it and write it down next to it. So again, if you wrote down one, two, three, reverse it and write down three, two, one. So that way you've got two, three digit numbers, one you've written and one your parallel universe version of yourself has written. In fact, this is probably the first and maybe only time where both you and that parallel universe version of you have been completely in sync because they've just done the opposite and they would have the same numbers in front of them, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got two three-digit numbers now, right? Mm -hmm. What would you do? Would you add those together or would you subtract them? Um, I would add them together. You would add them together, which means your opposite version would subtract them, right? Correct. So let's live in that parallel universe for a moment. Subtract the smaller number from the larger number. So you don't get any like negative numbers that gets confusing. So whichever number is higher, put that over the lower one and then subtract them. And I'll give you a few moments uh, to do that math. So that way you'll come out with a brand new total, uh, a total that even you couldn't have predicted you would have come up with, a total that even uh, the alternate version of you could have predicted. And even if people did follow along with this, I mean, law of averages, you might get a listener or two that gets, uh, you know, the same total maybe but no not everyone's going to get the same total of course right let me know when you have a completely new number when you're done i, I do you do okay uh still a three-digit number no okay that's okay that's fine uh just look at that new t total look at that number so again you and your parallel uh, universe version of yourself have t you know came up with a number reversed it um, your parallel universe version of you subtracted it. The two of you are in sync. Let's see if you and I can get in sync now. Okay. So all I know is that it's a, it's not a three digit number. Um, so do me a favor. Uh, don't say anything about the number you have, but could you just count from one 
uh, to 10 out loud for me. And just look at the number as you do this. Don't try not to emphasize any numbers or anything, but just uh, just count from one to 10 while looking at that two digit number. Uh, take your time. I'm ready when you are. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, I know one thing already. I know neither of those digits are a zero because you didn't hesitate when you got to 10. You would have, if one of those was a zero, you would have been like, uh, I don't know what to do. What, you know, so, so am I correct in saying neither of those digits are a zero? That's correct. Okay. Um, I'm actually gonna go out on a limb here. So, so just count from one to nine for me this time. Let me just double check. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead, count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think both digits are the same, aren't they? They are the same. I'm going to go for it. Is your answer 99? My answer is 99. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm, I'm a little impressed. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Um, awesome. That it was a little easier because it was two digits rather than three. I've done this before with three digits as well. Um, so, uh, so what's, so what's funny is I, I did something similar like this over, uh, over zoom for a radio show once and they had a three digit number. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. Um, and <laughs> so I did that. And someone like sent me this long email about like parallel universes and all this stuff. And they were like, and then at the end of it, they were just like, or you were just reading the tone of their voice. I don't know which it was. <laughs> so at that point, okay. that should have given you and everyone some time to get uh, 10 cards. Is that correct? Um, I did not grab 10 cards, but I, okay. I can. Uh, you, I'll, I'll leave it up to you if you want to follow along with this or just listen to it later and follow along. I'm, I'm going I'm, no, I'm to grab some cards. I'll, no, all right, I'm all right. Grab 10 cards. Again, they don't have to be tarot. They don't have to be playing cards. They can be tarot cards, Uno cards, uh, even index cards or, or business cards. You will need a pen or paper if they're just, uh, if they're all the same, like, like business cards or index cards. Uh, you will need a pen or pencil, but otherwise Matt, you'll you just need to grab some cards too and, and participate. Uh, no, I ordered tacos on DoorDash. I'm waiting for oh, you to get here. <laughs> okay, I'll go grab my cards then. So while uh, so while everyone's getting there the, at the last seconds of getting their 10 cards together, I'm going to talk about the Magician card in the Tarot deck. Now, I'm pretty sure pretty much anyone listening to the show is familiar with uh, with this image. It's a figure behind a table. Uh, they've got an infinity symbol over their head. They have one hand pointed towards the heaven, one hand pointed towards the earth, and it says magician at the bottom of the card. Uh, this uh, We're going to use these 10 cards as a, uh, as a ritual to awaken that magician in all of our lives, because deep down we all wish we had more power and control over the world around us. We all wish... Uh, that while we were in traffic, the light in front of us, we were like, come on, turn green, turn green. We all wish we could manifest magical powers at that moment. We all wish we could have more power and control over the chaos around us. And that's what these, uh, that's what this ritual represents. We're going to do a fun little interactive ritual to allow everyone to have more control over their lives. I and, have my uh, 10 we cards. We should have our 10 cards. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. Ash? 
Yeah, yeah, I got my 10 cards. Okay, uh, mix up your 10 cards. Now, again, they could be tarot cards, Uno cards, whatever. One time someone did this with Cards Against Humanity cards, and it got weird. Um, so, I actually I did do that. a tarot card reading with Cards Against Humanity cards once. And again, it's uh, it, was, it, was, it was oddly specific. Now, at this point, there's nothing I can know about the cards in your hand, correct, right. Ash? That's correct. Well, I actually know one thing. I know you have 10 of them. Yeah, I don't even true. want to know that. So don't get rid of just one. Get rid of some. But don't okay. get rid of just one. Get rid of at least two. Make it a little harder. But at the same time, don't get rid of too many. Make sure you have at least like four cards left in your hand to work with. Uh, otherwise, this uh, this won't be impressive at all. Okay. Set those aside. We won't need them for this at all. You can mix up the cards once more. When you are done, hold them face down in your hand as if you're about to deal. Alrighty. Uh, before we go any further, pick up the whole packet and look at the bottom card and remember it. Now you can take, if you have a bad memory, you can take a photo of it. You can write it down. Uh, if you're using uh, blank index cards or business cards, take that pen or pencil and draw an X on that bottom card and then hold them uh, face down in your hand again. Again, as if you're about to deal with uh, your card uh, closest to the floor and the top card facing the ceiling. Okay. Got it? Okay. We're going to cast a spell. We're going to spell the word magician, just like uh, at the bottom of the tarot card. So take your top card and move it to the bottom of your packet and say M. A? Like the letter A? No, say M. Oh, M. <laughs> yes, yes. M. In, yeah, yeah, M. That's the first letter of the word magician. You got a little ahead because take the new top card, move it to the bottom of the packet and say A. A. Very good. Take the new top card, move it to the bottom, and say G. G. Keep going, moving one card for every letter from the top to the bottom. So next is I. I. C. C. I. I. A. A. N. N. There we go. We just spelt magician. We cast a spell. We have one more ritual to do with these cards. If you look at the Magician card in Tarot, you'll notice two things. Number one, they're androgynous. It's not clear whether the figure is male or female, which means it's non-binary. It can be anybody. It can be you. It can be me. It can be all of us. Also, they have one hand pointed towards the heavens, one hand pointed towards the earth. That's because they're saying, as above, so below. Pamela Coleman-Smith, the artist of the original Rider-Waite-Smith Tarot deck, said this came from the Lord's Prayer. On earth as it is in heaven. So take your top card, hold it above your head, and say, as above. As above. As above, and deal it to the table. Now take the new top card, move it to the bottom of the packet in your hand, just like you did before, and in your deepest mystical voice, say, so below. So below. Perfect. Do it again. Take the new top card, hold it over your head, say, as above. As above. Deal it away. Take the new top card, move it to the bottom of the packet, and say, so below. So below. Very good. You're going to keep doing that until you're down to one card. Don't look at any of them. Just keep going until you're down to one card. As above. As above. So below. So below. As above. So below. Everyone keep doing that until you're down to one card in your hand. Don't look at it. It's bad luck. 
When you are down to one card, just hold it between your hands. And that should have been enough time for everyone, including you, to be done. Right, Ash? Almost. 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 Okay. Almost. Okay. All right. Uh, we have one final uh, thing to say, and those are the magic words. We're not going to do abracadabra. Those are good ones. Uh, it's a combination of Hebrew and Aramaic. It means I create as I speak. These magic words are even older, and I learned them from my mentor that I mentioned earlier, uh, Eugene Berger. So repeat after me. I give myself permission to be powerful. I give myself permission to be powerful. It's weird to say out loud after the last few years, isn't it? It can be, yeah. <laughs> that means it's working. Take a look. You should be holding your card in your hand. And I, I am. I was using the, uh, personally, um, the... Uh, wonderland tarot deck my card oh, perfect the queen of oysters and i'm yes. left with the queen of oysters so you've got the queen of oysters so now you may keep that as a reminder to go forth and accomplish the impossible in your life and for all the listeners you can play this back and try it again it will keep working you can even share it with your friends and it will work for them as well wow that was pretty neat i like that what do you guys think did you guys what, what result did you get from this if, if it didn't work, try again. <laughs> Just the rewind it buttons it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Listen, listen to the whole episode from the beginning. That's, that's yeah, the key. Yeah. You know what? Redownload it, you know, you know, <laughs> share get, it with yeah, your friends also. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was very neat. You know, I was very skeptical on whether or not this would work via um, just voice. And we had kind of talked about that when, when mm -hmm. we talked about having you on, I was like, well, you know, it's a, it's not a, it's not a video show. Yeah. And yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, actually, uh, so one final fun fact before we go. Uh, in the 1930s, uh, the second most recognizable voice on the radio was a mind reader mentalist. His name was Joseph Dunninger, and him and the president at the time were the two most uh, recognizable voices on the radio. And he would do long-distance uh, telepathy tests, and he would just do his uh, mind reading show for a studio audience, have people think of stuff, and he'd guess what it was. Uh, and if you think that's weird, the third most recognizable voice was a ventriloquist. A ventriloquist was famous for doing the radio. Think about that for a moment. Yeah. A ventriloquist that... with a dummy, not moving his lips, was famous on the radio. <laughs> Very. Wow. I did not know that. Wow. I know that uh, Santa Claus is the third most recognized character in the entire world, but. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Very interesting. That is a good fun fact. Well, Joe, where can everybody find all of your fun happenings? I mean, of course, I'm going to post links below. Yeah. Um, uh, but what do you got? What do you got going on coming I'm up? I'm very Googleable. I am at Joe Diamond Live on all social media. I'm not very active on Twitter or Snapchat or any of that stuff. I'm very active on Instagram at Joe Diamond Live. Uh, you can see my website, JoeDiamondLive.com, where you can see uh, my coast to coast appearance, uh, some appearances uh, I've done on various uh, TV and Instagram improv shows if you are in the the midwest uh if you go to joediamondlive.com click at the banner at the top of the homepage. i am doing a show in lake geneva wisconsin a big show uh two nights uh, uh coming up there, hopefully there's more in the future so people listening to this in the future that will still be uh be happening but either way i'm always doing shows at the dole mansion in crystal lake and uh, the maxwell mansion in lake geneva as well and again the full schedule is all going to be at joediamondlive.com okay well that's i mean fantastic what you guys think about this episode I, I thought it was very fun 
Um, you know, it's not like you meet a mentalist every day. Well, maybe you do, but you know, Joe, but I don't. So. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know one of the people who are mental. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that, but yes. Um, <laughs> um, but no, thanks for thanks for coming on, and you know, maybe thanks for having um, me. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about taking the show to a video format in the future, and and maybe when we do that, you can come back on and show us some more cool tricks. So would love to. Would love or to. Or if we do live events, that's what I want to do. Oh yeah, that would be very yeah, great. All right, all right. Well, I guess uh, Pat, you got anything else? No, man. You pretty much covered it. All right. Well, with that being said, we'll see you guys back here next Wednesday. <laughs>